I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> Crystal Lake Campers, I am your counselor broadcaster, Bradley Droop. And I'm your uh, uh, counselor, uh, what was it, what was the term you used there? Uh, Crystal Lake Camp Counselor Broadcaster? Yes, the Camp Counselor Broadcaster, Terrence Slim. That's right, Terrence. Oh, what a beautiful day it is, and what a beautiful summer that's about to begin, and we're going to reopen Crystal Lake here in 1980. It's a very exciting time for you and me, but also for the future campers. It sure is, and I know we all know what happened 22 years ago. Okay, can we just put that aside? How about the first camp rule? We forget about that double homicide 22 years ago, okay? What happened in 58 stayed in 58 and 57 when that young deformed frog boy drowned in the lake. So let's say... 57, you're uh, going to heaven. Right. 58, it's time for you to go out on a date. That's right. And we encourage all kinds of promiscuity and casual sex here because the past is past. And nothing bad's going to happen anymore. Let's get ready for the summer. Feel free to make out first base, second base, third base, and uh, smoke some grass. While you're at it, at least. And I invented a little something that I've been passing around to some of the counselors called Strip Monopoly. Strip Monopoly. Sounds fun. Anyway, you're going to live forever. There are no repercussions. And welcome to Inforgies We Trust trust with Gorley and Rust. Wow, Paul. Wow. Here we are, the first uh, official episode. First day of camp. That's right, it is. And it's the height of summer. It's it's, uh, Friday... July thirteenth. It's an actual That's, Friday. Yes, the 13th. yeah, and so we're we're right in the thick of uh, summertime. This is usually around the time when I was a kid that I'd start going. I've uh, I've blown my summer. School's just around the corner. Yeah. I was a, a bit of a melancholy child. I would like by late June. I was already like I blew it. Yeah, I'm the same way. Did you yeah. ever feel like if you stayed home from school that I enjoyed the day before a day off more than the day off? Oh, because definitely. I, I couldn't. 
It was too. It was futile. It was fleeting. Thursday nights were a hundred times more <sighs> yeah. fun than a sun than a whole Sunday. Oh, Sunday is dread just, day. Melancholy is yes. the best way to put it. Yes, yeah. yeah it's a, Sunday is like perpetual sunset. You're just, yeah, <laughs> which is why I feel so good right now because this is only episode one of Invorhees oh, We Trust. It's it's Thursday night. Yeah, it really. I is. know we're celebrating Friday Thirteenth here, but it's actually Thursday the twelfth. Yes, as far Thursday as I'm the twelfth across the nation, across the world. <laughs> everybody, our smile, grab your best gal or your best guy. And now, sit when you down. tuned into a Friday Thirteenth podcast, were you uh, hoping to hear two men's? <laughs> melancholy memories of childhood was that your Their own clear psyching conditions <laughs> cl- like so efficiently uh elucidated through a weird memory yeah yeah well, i think they just learn more about us in a heart i know that's right else. welcome welcome that's uh right. welcome friday the 13th fans welcome thursday the 12th fans yep friday uh, the 14th or saturday the 14th which is actually a parody movie do you yes that? i never saw it but it uh, does it have a a dick benjamin in it it I does think, I think yeah it has that's a, yeah, right yeah yeah, um, yeah. We should watch all the the Friday Thirteenth inspired spoofs. I think so. Sometimes, yeah. Season six spoofs. Spoofs. Right? Isn't that the it plural? Has to be. It has plural to be. for spoof. Like spoof. Hoof. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I'm fun. very excited. I am yeah. too. This is, uh, and you know, it's funny. I'm so excited that we did a preview episode that we said, "Hey, this is only going to be fifteen twenty minutes." Yeah. Then we looked down at the clock. It was ninety minutes. That's it was crazy. the length of a Friday Thirteenth movie, literally. But I chalked that up just to the the passion Excitement. for this for this franchise. That's right. There's no telling how long this episode's going to go. So we thank you yeah. for being with us. If you're here as a premium Stitcher subscriber, you probably want this beefy content anyway. Yeah. And if you're listening to it six months later, it's free. You didn't pay for it. Enjoy. <laughs> It's, well, wait, what's the if that's beefy content for the premium listener? What's mm-hmm. what is it for the non-premium listener? Like a, um, mm. a turkey? Yeah, it's a free. It's a giveaway. Yeah, it's okay. just a. I guess. <laughs> I was surprised with how much of this movie I did not remember. Truly, ah. because it's like I I think I have memories of this franchise as a whole that mm-hmm. only have distinct moments that I know from certain films. A lot of them, I can't quite place which film is which, and. It, it, I've always remembered Kevin Bacon's death. Spoiler, sure. um, because they show it a lot. It's iconic because of him, but also yes. the way it's done. Yeah, there was a lot I did not. Remember. What were what like uh, comes to mind as stuff that when you were watching it, you were like, "Whoa, don't remember that dude." I, I didn't remember the opening with the two counselors in mm. 1958 that are clearly dressed like they're in the 1970s, <laughs> 1980s. There is, yeah. they're not even making an Tempt at 50s fashion. Yes. And I also noticed that there, I think, like in the, with the kids, there was like a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. Was that a 50s? Was Raggedy Ann maybe? I don't know. I had a Raggedy Andy doll. Yeah. So it could have been a holdover. And then it was also like one of my uh, pet peeves when something is period. And it is from that time period, there was like a, like a game board or something sort of propped up somewhere in the corner in 1958 I, I know what you're talking about yeah what was that i wrote that down Did you write it down yeah, it is uh ever ready casting set and i was like what could that mean it looks like a board game but i think it's like a fly casting ah thing. that's the best i can figure well the box looked like it was from 1979 yeah definitely. that came from the 50 you know yeah. what i mean like i'm sure it existed in the 50s and it was in somebody's personal collection and they brought it but in prop. that time period in 1958 it would still look pretty new yeah like 
uh, I always, Mad Men is uh, the pinnacle of a uh, creative achievement as far as I'm concerned. They always did a pretty good job of making sure the stuff didn't look like it had just been pulled out of somebody's like vintage Dusty storage. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. that's exactly right. It's crazy to think that. So this starts in 1958. The movie itself is made in 1980. So it is happening 22 years in the past. Although this movie goes out of its way to say it takes place in the present, 19. 19- not 1980. This so is June 13th, it's meant to the present. Timeless. Yes. So you can, wherever you're at, yes, you can put it in the year and it would exactly fit <laughs> what the year you live in. Well, I'm no um, uh, math wizard or even a math sorcerer. Or even a wizard at all. <laughs> well, Just, well oh. episode four, okay. you might see some things oh, fly around God. your head okay. that I've lifted with my wand. Uh, what? So the time period from. 58 to 80 is 22 years. So that would be from here, 1996, from 2018. Is that right? 22 years from... Yeah, that's what I was trying to think. So like 1980 when this film was made was 38 years ago. So it's longer to when this film was made. Wow. But I remember seeing this as a kid going, 1958, that's ancient history. And if you went to a movie theater and watched a horror movie in 2018 and it took place in 1996 i don't think it would have now i wasn't alive to notice this when friday 13th came out but i feel like it would have more like a 58 to 80 feels like it has more resonance than a 96 to a 2018 i'm thinking though is that young millennials are so into the 90s right now that that and i guess the 50s were pretty big in the 80s but that's why i'm a little like why didn't they you know Make them look more like fifties people. Yeah, it is a, straight up. Throw on a Fonzie jacket. Yeah, but two. it's like there's clearly no one of that time's like I'm not getting a buzz cut. I'm not getting a fifties cut. I gotta have some feathered hair, <laughs> yeah. or I'm not gonna smoke grass with Charlotte <laughs> Darling down at the hoo hoo hut. <laughs> at the hoo hoo hut. That's at the quarry, which was brilliant. And you were saying too that like uh, when we watched it, like. Oh, and just but so people know, Matt and I sat down on a couch and we watched this together. Yeah, we sure yeah. did. Yeah. Which, you know, I have to say, because our friendship is in its infancy, right? Mm. We're in our new stages of friendship. Yes. And it reminded me of watching this as a kid with people from school. Like, it's the first time you have a sleepover with your pals, right. especially when the nude scenes came up, because yes. it was like... Things got eerily quiet between you and me. (laughs) But in the same kind of exciting way of like, ooh, do we admit how exciting this is? I know. Well, when I was watching those scenes, too, I was thinking, oh, it's so funny that, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like nudity in movies was way more prevalent 20, 30 years ago. And I have theories about it. I think like the internet, now that people can see nude bodies whenever they want, you don't need to pay a movie ticket to go and see nudity. You but, serious about this? What? You serious about that? <laughs> okay. Dude, I have some websites okay. uh, with them. Um, okay. They usually end in dot .com. Okay. Just a heads up. Okay. But uh, if you like uh, that, like to sit in a theater with a right. hundred people all watching people be naked and having sex with each other, it's, what a phenomenon. I know. <laughs> I, I feel like I remember seeing Vacation in the theater with my dad and stepmom and when Bever D'Angelo has her nude scene. Sure. It, uh, yeah. That, well, I saw Naked Gun two and a half in the theater. Yeah. And there's a, a spoof of Ghost in there oh, with the, right. the, the, the pottery yeah. scene. And uh, 
And then six months later or whatever, I'm watching it. My dad and I rented it. And I naked gun two and a half. And I knew that the sex scene spoof was coming up and I was already feeling uncomfortable. Uh-huh. So I knew when it was coming. So like a scene or two before that, I started going like, <clears throat> <clears throat> my throat's dry. Uh. Maybe I should get a glass. No, I'm not going to get a glass of water. <laughs> like setting it up. <laughs> and then like the scene before going, going, <clears throat> ah, it's still there. Tickle. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm, you know what? I am going to get a glass of water. And then getting up, walking out, and then like a weirdo, looking through the crack of the door, watching my dad watch a spoof of a sex scene. You couldn't have been like more steps removed from actual eroticism. Uh, but and I yet there's someone out there who would find that whole thing erotic. <laughs> yes. A young boy watched his father watch a Zucker Brothers comedy. I think that's the best story I've heard in a long time. Oh God, you listeners, you're oh, you're in for it. You're getting your money's worth. Sundays were melancholy, and we yeah. have hangups about watching sex scenes with our fathers. So uh, something I noticed about this too, not necessarily, but I get mm-hmm. from the hymns that they're singing. Yes, River of Jordan and all that. This feels like a Christian camp in 1958, or like a church ah. camp of some kind. Yeah, which yeah. makes it all the more scandalous and titillating that these yeah. two sneak off to get get well, it on. Well, it reminded me a lot of uh, the beginning of Jaws, mm-hmm. right? That's sort yeah. of like it's the same thing. It's a bunch of people, but this is like in Jaws. I think they are passing around a joint, right? And it is supposed Something to be like, like you're that, like, yeah. oh, these are hippie kids, right? And so I don't know if you wanted to read into it. It feels like, hey, if you're a hippie, look out because a uh, a shark's gonna eat you. Right. With this, it was like the same thing, right? Like, hey, you can sing at a Christian camp, but if you dare, right, go off. And in this case, it really is kind of literal because yes, Pamela Voorhees, sorry, Voorhees, Voorhees, as she it, pronounces it, Voorhees. I always think it's Voorhees, but it, maybe it is just Voorhees. I think we should honor the way she pronounces it it's from canon. now on. So yeah. in Vuries, we trust with, with girlies <laughs> and rust. Yeah. So she literally says at the end, like w- when her son drowned, Jason drowned, it was because counselors were making love. Making love. And yeah, it's a pretty clear one-to-one. She yeah. was like, it wasn't, um, as we talked about it, if you listen to the preview, guys, uh, there's obviously a lot of like Halloween influences, mm-hmm. But the Friday Thirteenth one actually the the thing that motivates him to kill or or the the killer to kill is actually stronger in a weird way with Friday Thirteenth because Halloween's more about familial stuff. Like if you watched, if you're, it's his sister, right? Yeah, and it's just vague that he, she had sex, but they never even really say that's why. You just assume because she, yeah, maybe kills the, her after yeah, sex. maybe the brother, her little brother, was upset that she was having sex. So yeah. there's some wire crossed up there. But with this, it's like my son died because people were going off hanky panky. Uh-huh. So now if you go off and hanky panky, which is like. I guess she was just waiting. She was just sitting back waiting for like two people to go off and be like... Also, you very astutely point out that when she's having flashbacks of Jason drowning, they're from the vantage point of her seeing it from the lakeside and doing nothing about it, which changes the whole story. Right, when she she's like... just looking for a reason to kill, really. So she was the cook at the camp, that's mm-hmm. what they say. So yeah. she was cooking there. She heard her child yell for help. 
Repeatedly. Repeatedly. She ran out on the beach, paused, took a gander, watched him die, but then was like, it's those two kids who are off making out. Yeah. Right? I yeah. think she gets to the beach and is like, got a lot of bottled up rage. Mm. Um, wearing uh, sweaters in summertime. <laughs> um, I want to kill some kids making love. I got a real strange son. I'm thinking two birds with one stone. And uh, then I get to spend the rest of my life killing. I I do like the theory that maybe it was like sort of misplaced or uh, displaced uh, 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 guilt. Like maybe she did feel responsible. Yes. So it was like, uh, it's going to be hard to carry the load that I let my son drown. Yeah. So I'll blame it on these counselors instead. Maybe that's... That's a good thing to read into it. I'm curious i don't fully remember in the reboot how much they go i know they cover the origin but like do they give it any more depth or nuance i don't remember well the thing that um i was refreshed on uh uh strawberry refreshed on by the way yeah the drink of uh in worries we trust is no longer the orange refresher from james bonding it's the strawberry Strawberry. which paul has brought me twice now each time we've recorded and (laughs) It's just special. That's why I brought it up. I wanted that due credit. Uh, credit no. due. Wait, what was I just saying? How did we... Uh, 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 Pamela Voorhees, uh, like, motivation, anything about that? Uh, and the reboot? Oh, oh, yes. Uh, I realize I sort of put in a false memory or whatever, because in Freddy versus Jason, they cut to a flashback of Jason when he drowned, and it seems to have come out of campers teasing him yeah and pushing him into the water and so i'd sort of layered that Mm. and to rewatch it i was like oh he just drowned it's not that get that far out there yeah well if and i subscribed your frog boy theory yeah he probably has some web toes yeah i mean if he's that deformed it is not a big leap to figure he's got gills (laughs) but then he should be able to Right. <laughs> Maybe he faked his drowning because he wanted to go live in his frog boy kingdom. That's right. And yeah. as we know, Crystal Lake does go out to the Hudson River. So he, <laughs> all those years, he could have been, for all we know, like off to the Bahamas or something. Yeah, I'd like to think that he like went underwater, took a canal into yeah, the Hudson Bay, and then wound up in Manhattan, and then went to like Studio 54. <laughs> And then everyone's like, the frog boy. And they they accept him because he's like a freak like them. And then he does some like funny frog boy dance in the center. And... I shot this movie called Mask. It's been great. It's been so great. The oh, when the, the helicopter tra- transforms into a car? Yeah, Matt Tracker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God, one of my favorites. That's another podcast. Uh, yeah, but the... Um, right, I guess with the mom, the... Uh, if if you would say in these movies, like in any of the Friday Thirteenth or slasher movies, the thing people say is like, "Oh, if you have sex, you die," mm-hmm. or if you act up, you die. I'd say, to your point, it is like um, this is the strongest case where that makes sense. Why that would set somebody off. Same for Jason in the subsequent movies because he could go. Hey, the reason I died was because kids were fooling around. So now yeah. I don't like it when kids are fooling around. Yeah, he's really riding that excuse. But <laughs> yeah, you Jason. astutely point out that 
there though it has the morality aspect of it it isn't specific to one person like the virginal girl the final girl because right. she's smoking grass and all game for playing strip monopoly although i noticed she doesn't yeah, she must but, be playing but when well. strip <laughs> But when Strip Monopoly was brought up, she was very excited. Yeah. She was game. She was like, hey, all right. Yeah. And then Steve, the guy at the beginning with the cut-off denim shorts. The, the like guy who's now bought and renovating the camp. Yes. Mr. Creep. <laughs> I heard Mr. Creep, and I was like, cool? Well, but Mr. It, it creep, but yeah. she, Alice calls him Mr. Christie, and she's having had had an affair with him. Yes. That was interesting, right? So, yeah. like... It's not Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis from Halloween, which Mm-mm. is like I think you're supposed to understand she is a virgin. Yeah, but with She's this a grass one, smoking virgin. Yes, but Alice, yeah, it yeah. seemed like she was like I drew you last night, right. which sounds sort of like a, a Titanic esque sort of postcoital yeah drawing of somebody, yeah. or was it precoital in Titanic? I don't know. It was precoital. Okay, okay, but maybe there was a postcoital drawing or two too. A doodle. Be. This, so this is what's so, or maybe, yeah, it is pre-coital, I think. But they allude to this thing that's not clear between Alice and Steve. Right. He's like 30. She's 19. Mm-hmm. That's what I read mm-hmm. in the novelization. <laughs> <laughs> um, this and, was based on a book, by the way. <laughs> Hemingway. It was a draft that they found after he killed himself. It was in a the drawer. <laughs> they were like, let's publish it, then we'll make it a movie. She alludes, to, or he alludes, like he brushes her hair and he's like, what does he say? He says something, something like, she happened? has to like, I may have to go back to California. Well, can I convince you to stay? And there's... They allude to a bad experience, yes, right? But yeah. you're, you're not clear if that means between them, but he's also saying like, you're not suited for this work. So did something weird happen with the work? And yet she's very suited. Like she's very capably handling a rain gutter by putting one nail into it. (laughs) But she is like, yes, they definitely frame her as somebody who is in those first moments, uh, like modern in that, like she's, uh, wearing pants. (laughs) She's hammering nails. She, uh, has the heart of an artist. She like yeah. draws and stuff. So like, I think yeah, you're supposed to like think of her as a a sensitive person, not or, necessarily yeah, just a developed character. Is that their way of saying like this is the person we're going to give some backstory to, even though there's really none? I mean, maybe yeah, it's like a very sophisticated form of character building where they just like reference like I have to get back to California, and you're like, ooh, Whoa. what's in? She's lived a life. Now the first two Friday Thirteenth movies were filmed on the East Coast. And part three, four, five, I think, are all shot in California. Oh, so maybe wow. what she was saying, I got to get back to California. It's like their little prescient uh-huh. nod to, to part they're... three, four, five. Oh, we know they're going to go to California. Big time, yeah. It's going to skyrocket. I definitely think that was the case. These, they this franchise is going to skyrocket on the shoulders of our amazing performances. <laughs> we are the foundation. Um one other thing on those two counselors in the beginning in 1958. Yeah. So first of all, I remember watching this as a kid going like, they are old, not old, but like they seemed like very mature adults, like sexual beings. And they are just, they're just punk kids. Oh, I know. Yeah. They like, you could, if you look closely, like you'd see like, 
a bad complexion, like pimples and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And uh, then you and I had to rewind it four or five times because there is a like under the breath thing that the guy says that as best as we could figure was your bra's not made of stone. <laughs> That's that- what he's saying to her while they're making out, right? It's I feel like was she saying like you can't take my bra off and he's like it's not made of stone like it's right. meant to come off yeah or maybe beforehand um she said uh hey you want to go look at my bra it's made of stone <laughs> <laughs> and then later she revealed that he's like your bra's not made of stone it was a trick dummy take me of yours ha <laughs> <laughs> it worked the only reason i came up here was because i thought i was gonna see a rock bra <laughs> well wait till you see my steel underwear <laughs> Oh my oh, god! I'm not falling for that again. That's the cheap uh, thing. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad we. I had never heard that before. That that whisper. Yeah, yeah. And then, so then, yeah. Then, killer, killer cam point of view. Uh-huh. It's like they're. It's a who done it, right? Right. A little bit. Yeah. They, they don't even know who's killing them. So. And we know, you know. So I guess we've already spoiled it that. Yeah. Lavouris. Yeah. So she, how old do you think she is at this time? Mm. So she's in 1980. What would you say she is? Because in those old movies, it's also hard to tell. She could be 35 and just look 50. Well, and I'm, uh, I say this uh, so we don't get like raked over the coals here. In part four, there is a gravestone for Pamela Voorhees. Okay. And it lists the year of death as 1979. Because that's when they shot the movie. Yeah, which I love that they were like, well, you know, they shot it. Yeah. But how do you decide that? I feel like any movie, if it's present, it should be the year it came out, not the year it yeah. was filmed. Come on, Did guys. they list her birth year? Uh, yes. Uh, but I don't remember. I'm going to get on top of that. You're going to get. <laughs> so let me think. If This is infotainment. 58 to 79 is 21 years. And let's say she was a... 30-year-old mom cook. Right. She was born Crystal in Lake. Um, 1930. Okay. So she was 28. 28. But Jason's, does she say how old he is? Nine or something? Nine, yeah. 19-year-old mom. <laughs> so maybe that's also why she doesn't, it's some sort of, mm-hmm. um, oh, it's like Carrie, where Carrie's mom is like, don't go out and have sex, and then you find out yeah. she got pregnant when she was 16 or something. More it's than like, you know, yeah. according to IMDb Trivia, which, as we all know, is gospel like <laughs> the Bible. And um, she's, it says that she was a notorious method actor and had come up with a character backstory. I don't know why that makes you a method actor, but <laughs> that she had Jason as a young woman and her family was ashamed because you just didn't bring home like out of wedlock. Ah. And so she was kind of cast off and repressed, and that's why she was the way she was. I don't know if who said it. I think maybe it was Wes Craven or something, but like that these slasher movies are always about the um, the return of the uh, repressed. Mm-hmm. So like it's like a community, try, you know, with Freddie and stuff, it's like mm. a community tries to like squelch this a bad thing happened. They mm. don't want you to think about it. But like that was the mistake. Is if they just let people sort of like if they weren't wagging their fingers, right. it wouldn't have been as bad. And so I mean I like her backstory that she came up with because it makes it seem like, oh, this whole thing came out of if her family had just yeah, the been movie cool about it. it. Yeah. They which is a weird thing when you put it up against what the movie's saying, which is like don't have sex. Yes. It's like more repression is the answer. I know. She should understand 
More than anybody. What if there was a kid that drowned the first time she had sex and she didn't even know it? I bet that happened. It's a loop. It's a yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, cause and effect like butterfly. Thing. Right. Yeah. If she hadn't done that, then Jason wouldn't have. Right. A butterfly that she looked at while she was having sex. She had sex with a butterfly. First at- of all, which explains why Jason looks the way he does. Well, you didn't see his full body. He could have. He big has wings. little light purple <laughs> wings. <laughs> He's actually like a little beautiful fairy child. That... Maybe this is his uh, like pupus, pup, pupus state. Yeah, he's just he's a caterpillar who's about to become a, a beautiful butterfly. Oh. That would be awesome if in the Friday Thirteenth Part Thirteen he like his gross exterior like breaks off like a shell and then like an Adonis oh. comes out. It's not too late. If you want to take this franchise somewhere, we're out there. You know, <laughs> let us handle it. It was interesting seeing this opening scene too, and I remember movies like this really terrifying me as a kid. And then something like the original Body Snatchers or the original mm-hmm. Thing would come on. It was black and white and melodramatic, and it, you know, it just wasn't scary to me. Yeah. And I look at this now and go, like, there's no way this is scary now. I think maybe some of them will be a little bit more later, but yeah. it is campy and corny yeah and i could easily see how any like kid today would look at it and just like dismiss it out of hand yeah no it it is like when uh i was a kid and the first time i watched whatever the blob or something and you're just like haha and it's like i guess that probably scared somebody at some point but i'm looking at this with sophisticated 1991 eyes you know uh and now yeah uh, some kid probably watches these and laughs their little butt off. I know. Yeah. Man. But at the time, uh, and I would say there's still a couple gore stuff here that happens in this movie that would, uh, maybe if you were the age I saw it, like 11 or 12, you'd, you'd have some yeah. response. I mean, that helps with the, uh, and I'm sure we'll return to this again. The 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 practical effects of it all oh, does yeah. it definitely helps. Like, and it, because also that is what is different about this and and an older movie is you are for the first time really getting not only just gore but like masterfully done gore. These yeah. Tom Savini effects. Yes. Even today, I mean, there you can see the seams like yeah. literally in them, <laughs> like how they're you know the appliances are put under their right. Neck. But they're so beautifully done. Yes. And and just like the craft. Yeah. It's it's no wonder that he's like a special effects god. Yeah. I uh in part 7 I think a lot of the the MPAA like really started like I think starting with like part 5 maybe they really started like saying you got to cut out the gore you're going to get an X. And so these early ones benefit from not being as MPAA. Uh, I read that apparently part 2 they had to scale it back oh, because did they? they let they let so much through in the first one, and then I guess it was such a hit that they kind of felt like they had to kind of um, tamper it down or temper it. But it'll be curious when we watch that to see if it is less gory. Yeah, um, right. Because I, I, the that director of Part Seven, Carl uh, Buchler, I don't know how to pronounce uh, Buckler. Uh, he said when you take away like the gore at the end, it's like um, removing the punchline to a joke. Uh-huh. And I've sometimes wondered, there there is a big crossover, uh, you and me, for instance, uh, comedians who like horror movies. Yeah. And at first you'd think, what? 
right? Yeah. Comedy and scares they, but I do think like sometimes when I watch those, the like suspense and build up to a death is similar to a setup for a joke, absolutely, and then a payoff. And if that payoff is robbed from you, you you're like. You're like, it's either not funny or not scary. A hundred percent. In fact, watching this movie, I was thinking that same thing and that a lot of the suspense in this one didn't necessarily work for me, but it, I did see where at the time it would have been very effective because there just wasn't as much um, of this in the world. So you yeah. can, you could take a lot longer and you could milk it a lot more as where you've seen so much of this by now that you're kind of like cut to the chase. We know it's coming. Yeah. So even the timing and how like comedy changes and rhythm changes oh, through the time. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with horror. It's like right. having just seen Hereditary. Yeah, that is you know as contemporary as horror gets yeah. in a psychological uh-huh. sense at least, but even in a physical sense, and that they're totally different movies. Yeah, even though th- that has a new version of a slow build, which right. horror movies got rid of for a long time. Like the slow build was yeah. like you couldn't do a movie like that yeah. since. Exorcist and and this was their slow builds, yeah, but yeah. then like yeah, seven or eight years ago, I started I started noticing like oh horror movies are doing this thing now that's like the slow yeah the long first half hour hour yeah, where yeah. nothing happens and I that it can work for me sometimes or not the the thing I just it occurred to me was uh, when you said Hereditary when I uh, I loved it and when I saw that I it reminded me of The Shining yeah me too the Shining and Friday Thirteenth came out within like a week or two of each other and it couldn't be more different i know it's really crazy because like yeah shining is this like austere the like uh studio uh, approved auteur and then like friday 13th i think the history of that is that they were the first sort of like the negative pickup which is like a independent movie makes it on their own no studio involvement whatsoever and then Paramount, a big studio comes along and they buy it and they pay for your budget and more. And so you get money back. Oh, wow. And I think that was, uh, if, if Friday 13th had any sort of effect on the industry, I think it was that. It was like, after that, then major studios would be would allow themselves to be sullied by picking up these sort of grindhouse movies that initially would have just been released by independent people. Yeah, which so, plenty were. Yeah. That's yeah. fascinating. It does make me think that because horror is so much a genre and it's hard for a horror movie to break out of the horror genre that there's only a handful of actually like well-regarded, critically acclaimed movies that happen to be horror movies like right. The Shining, Silence of the Lambs, Psycho. Like what, Exorcist. What else? Or, Exorcist, yeah. 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 I mean, and when's the last time? Well, I'd say when, when I saw Get Out, Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I, when I was out, watching yeah. that, I was like, "This is the first time I'm watching." Yeah. Um, my wife and I went to it, and when we stepped out, she was like, "That's going to be nominated for an Oscar." Yeah. And uh, and yeah, it was like the first time since Silence of the Lambs that anything kind of even close to that yeah. was not that uh, awards right. mean that it was good or bad. I'm yeah. not say- saying that, but just like that sort of right recognition of. Uh, this was well all those movies we listed from Get Out to The Exorcist are all great movies yeah and then wait till we get to uh, Jason Goes to Hell I think that's right up there with him yeah I think Jason Goes to Hell was the first movie to be nominated for all the awards Uh and win and and now (laughs) even like foreign film yeah don't stuff that animated (laughs) (laughs) documentary I don't know how it's winning these (laughs) 
Uh, so after that, the, they they slow down, right? There's a little slow motion, and yeah. she's screaming, and then it cuts right. to this like white font yeah. on black. It almost looks like they actually sculpted that. The oh, the, the words Friday Thirteenth. Oh, like the logo, like the yeah. title. But yeah. what were you saying? Sculpted. That's what I meant. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. Big block letters. Yeah. Because it, it's like three-dimensional, and it's either hand-painted or sculpted. Right. It's not like a, any kind of, obviously not a digital graphic at the time. It it has real texture yes. to it, and I'm wondering if it is an actual thing that they photographed or something. Well, I don't know if this helps answer the question, uh, but I pose this to you, Matt. Why do you think when the logo comes forward, it breaks through glass? It's going in the camera. <laughs> okay. And then into your, or it's coming through the TV and in, but I like the screen. Wait a minute. I know. Well, Shouldn't it be, be like a, a, a nice, like, what, what's the material of yeah. a movie screen? What's that called? Uh, uh, a scrim or uh, uh, what's, uh, what would you call it? A screen. A screen, a sure. Psych, a screen. Yeah. It should have, like, sort of, like, kind of tore through yeah, absolutely a they were like no most people are gonna end up watching this on hbo yeah or home video home it's video. not a big thing yet but trust us <laughs> wait a minute i gotta find the video of that okay i gotta see that again it's so funny that it yeah it breaks through a screen i had never heard about it being a camera lens which is good but that at least what it is you're helps. right look at this okay i'll turn it around let me see if I find a video of it yeah let them hear that um now, guys, if you're in your house or you're driving, just know that this sound of this the glass breaking isn't from you. It's from our podcast. Is that what I don't know what that one is. It doesn't do this in the movie, no. does it? This is like a strobe. Somebody, uh, yeah. Okay, well, anyway, we get the point, but... Uh, but an odd choice, don't you think? Really odd choice. Breaking through glass. I didn't even pick up on it until you said it. And it, it like the camera is the only possible thing that makes sense, and that doesn't make sense. Well, maybe if we rewatched it, you would hear, like, it smashes. At, we'll find out that it was the lens, because off screen you hear a camera guy go like, yeah. Hey, my goddamn camera. Don't, don't zoom it. Stop dollying in. Stop dollying. Ah, oh, fuck it. That's the only... As you know, we're doing one take in this entire film of everything, and you will see that's the truth when we you see what we've chosen for some of these Your shots. handcrafted Friday the 13th model broke through my camera. Your fry handcrafted Friday the 13th model? Wait, your camera broke through my peanut butter. God damn it. Uh, and then I also love the white on black, like, titling. It's like a... Um, like a Woody Allen movie. I know, yeah. It's very basic. <laughs> but I think that, help, like, I know the thrill when I watch, like, an exploitation movie is, uh, like, an exploitation horror movie, is like, oh, they're not playing, they don't have to play by other studio rules. Yeah. And so when something like that is that stark, it actually, it has a, a real effect on me. It makes like me kind of go like, oh, this could be anything because it doesn't look slick. Yeah, I like yeah. it. And they don't, they don't, keep that throughout the franchise do they necessarily no i think they yeah by uh well by part six there's the jason james bond yeah <laughs> which is kind of what these titles are doing if if bond is shooting a bullet right basically into the barrel of the his assassin's gun this is the titles going into the camera of the director yes 
in a way. Things are always coming at the yeah. screen. Yes. And this director did not go on to do anymore, right? He thought... No, he... Yeah, he, I think he was like... Was not interested in making horror movies. And But Steve Miner, who worked with him um, uh, on this, I think he was like a a gopher to uh, all kinds of things, he ended up directing parts two and three. So I think it was like Sean Cunningham being like, hey, mentee, I'm gonna, I'm your mentor, yeah. you can... Is he not, he's not the guy that plays the first victim, is he? Uh, Steve Miner? Yeah. I don't know. Hold on. Um, um, with a last name like that, he should have been in My Bloody Valentine. Oh, yeah. He, um, I read that, oh, these are... Oh, it's, it's all good. Someone on the the guy that plays the first counselor that's killed in that little opening cold open, it, it was a crew man. A, uh, a crew man, not a crew boy. Uh huh. Um, um. Oh, so they were like, "Hey, put on this yellow polo." And he basically, yeah. Let's see. He um, he is an actor in f- no, but he is in. Friday the 13th Part 3 is a voice uncredited. Mm. Oh, because if they have a... I think they have like a little flashback thing. Maybe you just hear his voice. Maybe, I'm sure he gets, what, probably a million dollars per year just based on that? At least. Yeah. At least. Um, Yeah, the... uh, uh, Oh, well, you have a... I don't know if we're there yet, just setting it up, teeing it up. You want to do a feature of most surprising IMDb credit, right? I do. I want to. I, I I like to watch these movies and kind of go through the IMDb and see what some of the other actors have done. Not a ton of future work for most of these yeah. people. Obviously, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, Kevin so, Bacon uh, really the, soared to new heights. Yeah, and the king this. of the the six degrees of Kevin Bacon connection. So, I just remembered he says before, "Wow, the storm's really changing." It's 180 degrees. Yeah. He was he was projecting. He was predicting. Yeah. That's right. Uh, he was like 180 degrees. Wait. Divide this by 30. Yeah. And you got how many degrees from me? <laughs> and the actress was like, "We're rolling right now. Why are you you're speaking like an insane person?" And we only get one take, so we have to cut after the 180 <laughs> degree line. Um, I'm going to go with uh, one that I just found to be very interesting. And Rex Everhart, who plays Enos, the truck driver that picks up the hitchhiking counselor, drops her off at the camp but Uh, by way of the cemetery for some reason. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, he he played Maurice in Disney's Beauty and the Beast. What? Yeah. Like, who's Maurice? I don't know. I imagine he's probably some, like, villager or something, but... He's not the, um... No... Who's the little dummy friend, Gaston's little... Oh, yeah, I'm not sure, but I didn't Gaston's Shmee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, you called him Shmee. You mean Anakin's Shmee. It's Mr. Smee. Wait. Shmee is Anakin's mom. No, I meant Captain Hook. Yeah, Smee. <laughs> Mr. Smee. Wait, Anakin's mom is... Shmee Skywalker. Oh, my God. And then Smee, <laughs> Mr. Smee. is Bob Hoskins and Hook. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man, we got to write when Smee oh. meets Shmee. Oh, my God. Oh, another Shmee. Smee, Shmee, Shmee. 
well, that's a tr- with all these actors. I, I got to say, with these first two movies being in New York, they draw from a pool of good, uh, very talented like New York theater. I like when I watch this these these first two. Uh, the acting's pretty good it's for a cheap, low-budget horror yeah. movie. Alice is pretty good. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Kevin Bacon had done Animal House already, but he had already gone back to needing day-to-day work because wow. he it didn't really do all that much. Do you him. think he was dropping that, though, on set a lot when he's like, you know, oh, you know craft it. service is a little different on AH. <laughs> and they're like, what? He's like, AH. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. N-L-A-H, National Lampoon's Animal House. And I'm like, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I told Belushi if he wanted to come up for the weekend, <laughs> he could. Maybe he'd bring us some blow. You know that, like, on a Friday, they were like, Kevin said Belushi might actually yeah, come up might. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was, it's Sunday, and they're like, we got to go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> Belushi never came. But Crazy Ralph was like, I'll hang out with you guys. Oh, Ralph, um, we actually, um, we got an early call time tomorrow. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Where are your kids going? <laughs> no, really. Well, should we talk about uh, uh, Crazy Ralph? I think I'd like to call him Sane Ralph because <laughs> yeah, he's right. That's right. Sane Ralph. Mm-hmm. Sound of mind, mm-hmm. Ralph. He's, I worry about how much he's flexing his neck and his <laughs> neck veins, but other than that... He knows what he's talking about. He's just trying to help. He would he he's, would help his cause if he were to say like why he right. thinks they should leave instead of just going. They say it's a death case. You doomed. <laughs> now watch me ride my bike for a long time. Yes, uh, I don't know if people had watched it recently, but there was a shot of Crazy Ralph right away on his bike, yeah. and you go, "Wow, they're really." Showing him ride a bike here, yeah. they and uh-huh. then it cuts away to a person's reaction. And you think they're done? You're like, okay, we know he went away. Yeah. Like, nope, they cut back to Ralph and for some more bike riding. Cut back. It's like they didn't even cut back and take out the time that we went to look at the reaction. They went right back to where they spliced it, so you could get as much of the bike riding as possible. Same thing with the cop on the motorcycle. Yeah, and I'm convinced that they cut away right before he fell because if you notice, right before they cut, he kind of puts his foot out. Uh, and he's clearly not comfortable riding that thing. Yeah, the he, some guy who grew up in New York and never got his license, and yeah. then he gets a job, and he's like, "Yeah, I can." I can drive motorcycle. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. I can and, juggle too. <laughs> <laughs> that scene was apparently pretty contentious because the screenwriter didn't want it in and they put it in after the fact. Ah. And his argument was he didn't want there to seem like there was ever near like a, a city area where cops were because they wanted it to seem more dangerous and isolated. And I think I get that because you're also yeah. not getting anything out of that scene except a weird interpretation yeah. of a cop listing marijuana synonyms. Yeah, that's right. It, it's it, it partly makes me I had a question when I was watching this for the first time ever watching I thought what is the distance between the campgrounds and the town yeah. and how dire is it if you're out there alone can you there's a point where somebody said it's 10 miles to the crossroads and that sounds and what does that tell you is yeah because even crossroads might yeah maybe that could be where the cemetery is and then yeah. after that then it's another 10 miles so but um, yeah and then the cop stuff I felt like that was maybe in there because it was like, uh, if if we say this movie was made in 1979, it's just on the cusp of 70s movies. I feel like they always had like a, you have to bring in the authority figure mm-hmm. so it unites the audience with like, 
yeah, man, down with the pig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he's coming in, he's such a square, we're cool, you know. Uh, I mean, I will say with the, um, the thing I love so much about these counselors in this one and part two, some extent three and four, but really deep in two, one and two, is they're all so kind to each other. They're like so yeah. wholesome. Like they might be like making out and stuff, but they're never snotty with each they're other. Not backstabbing each other. No, they're just there trying to make each other laugh and they're enjoying themselves. And for me, that's like uh makes it way scarier. Yeah. Cause you're sort of like, oh, these people don't deserve it. Yeah, they're not singling people out as types to be killed. And that, I don't think I realized that until you said that. That definitely now. changes as the movies go on and you start, Jason becomes like, why you're coming to see the movie? You root yeah. for Jason to kill and then they start doing this thing where they make the characters like extra repugnant uh-huh. before they die so that you, I guess, go, yeah, he gets what's coming to him, which isn't what's the appeal of these. I no, enjoy like, oh, I can right. identify yeah. with these people. They just wanted to go out to the woods and hang out and then they got killed other rather than the hillbilly mom and her hillbilly son in part five. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I don't really remember. Wait a minute. I think I do remember that. Oh, that's what's amazing that this journey we're about to go on. Yes. Is I will see things that will, the minute I see them, they will come back as memories that would have otherwise never come back. Like Mm. I will Mm -hmm. be familiar with something I see that I otherwise would have completely forgotten, but have I will remember it having seen it again. For me, it's always, yeah, like tactile stuff. Like the way, like, uh, you ever see that Henry Thomas movie, Cloak and Dagger? Seen it. <laughs> I loved that movie. Oh I loved God. it too. And I oh. went like 20 years without seeing it. And then I rewatched it. And just like the sound of like a video game cartridge in mm-hmm. somebody's hand, like oh. the plastic crink sound. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that is bringing me back to my childhood more than any song or smell could. It's just yeah. like, uh, but yeah, when you see like, or even uh, Mrs. Voorhees, like sweater, that thick blue sweater. I'm sweater. like, yeah. My favorite color. I love a good sweater, but I need to take a little more time with Cloak and Dagger here. Okay. So <laughs> I was obsessed with that movie because I was basically living that life. I was a heavy uh-huh. into make-believe. I would take a gun with me wherever I went, toy gun. When my mom got remarried and I was in a tux in the wedding, I had a gun on a shoulder holster inside. I was in sixth grade, so it wasn't like I was an adult. Um, but that was the same kind of thing I was doing. And that that movie, I'm so fascinated by that movie because I feel like Dabney Coleman had to be fifth on the list of who they intended to put right. in the role, you know? Well, and what's, yes. And what I like about it, it's one of my favorite a Coleman performance I love Daddy Coleman. is because he usually gets cast as the son of a yes, bitch or yeah. the bastard and he's yeah. this warm uh-huh. father it's the same move that um Pretty in Pink does by casting Harry Dean Stanton yeah. as Molly Ringwald like if you take a character actor who's usually used to play like s- scummy or gruff types not necessarily warm and you yeah. put him in a I think that's a real trick for a director to do. When you cast somebody yeah. who's like usually an asshole as a nice guy, it's like, well... And vice versa. Like, I yes. always wanted to slick Richard Simmons' hair back and have him play like a... a Debonair. Or no, like a like a villain, you know? Because yeah. oh. I, I find him to be one of the most endearing people there is. Right. And to just like have him kind of 
slow his speech down and just kind of talk in a menacing way or something. Like while feeding like goldfish in a giant <laughs> yes. like aquarium. Yes. Anyway, that'll probably never happen. <laughs> well, That's one of my life goals. <laughs> um, but we also learned that crazy Ralph is apparently married. They reference his wife. Yeah, he goes, Ralph gets drunk and then his wife has to pick him up at the jail or something like that. And it did make me think when I was watching, I was like imagining the wife of crazy St. Ralph yeah. um, being like, uh, when he comes home, she's like, where were you? He's like, eh, no place. They're like, Ralph, did you go out there and tell those kids that they're all doomed? No, but they are. <laughs> And well, I told him. I knew this was going to happen when you retired. Well. Uh, I said, you got to find a hobby. When you work for 43 years as a camp doomsayer, <laughs> it's hard to give it up. You can't take that hat off. You can't. And it was always it was always a, a passion, not a career. I was lucky. When you, do what you, when you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Right, honey? <laughs> I'm divorcing you. <laughs> Call me crazy. <laughs> they do. Uh, yeah, the uh, he's. I, I guess he's a happily married man. I think he's a happy man in general. Yeah, and he knows the value of life, and he's just trying to help those kids. Help kids. You'll notice nothing becomes nothing ill becomes of Crazy Ralph. That's so right. We see him again. Which I have a memory of. Uh, I mentioned this in the preview that I would watch these movies with a friend and their older brother. And we watched part eight first, and then we watched part one or two. And he went, oh, that guy, Crazy Ralph, the guy who says you're all doomed, he shows up in every one. And I was like, oh. And then (laughs) it's not true at all. No. Yeah. No. It's like... (laughs) He's wrong. He's in one more. Yeah. There's a... Often his type shows up. Yes. But not... Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I love that character, though. If we're, if we're keeping track, trope track, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the the prophet of doom is yes. is pretty good. Yeah, because sometimes it's like isn't in part four. It's like a backpacking lady, mm-hmm. or no? Yeah, she just uh, she's a little slow or something. <laughs> yeah. If I remember correctly, in part three, there's a guy he holds up an eyeball. Yes, and he's like, I warn thee. Do they have a three D version of that? Because uh, yes, and I got the when I bought it. They came with these little red and blue oh, 3D kind? glasses, and I sat down by myself to do it. Yeah. And uh, within five minutes, I was like, "This isn't. It's not. It ain't no IMAX 3D." So your type. wife didn't come home and see you watching have these red and blue 3D things up, but they don't have like the new version, poster no. version. Maybe I mean uh, it'd be awesome if a a local movie house. Did, uh, if you're listening, even though we will have watched it by the time this comes out. <laughs> okay. If they have that, because like, we have, you know, most TVs come with 3D now. Oh, right. That. Maybe they did a version like that, the the 3D TV craze. That's what I'm wondering. If that's the case. That's Wait a minute. Is this it? But I'm afraid to do that because what if I throw my neck out from ducking constantly throughout the whole movie? I'm going to order a couple neck braces. Okay, hold on. Let's see. Is this actually in 3D? I'm sorry for this pause, but it no. seems important. Um, that's what your cat said to me earlier. I'm sorry for this pause. And I was like, it's these paws. First of all, you're a cat. Get the and grammar. And you're talking... Uh, 
Um, okay. What's I can't a, tell they don't? if this is... It's because the title itself is part three. So it makes it uh, for searching. In, in Blu-ray 3D. <gasps> okay. One star out of five. All right. And this seems out of print. What? What is it? That's a different... Yeah. So it sounds like maybe it could be out there. I'll I'll try to do a Ooh, little research on that. That could be fun. Yeah. Cuz I've never watched it in authentic three-dimensional. Me either. Me either. Um well, uh, around the time of Crazy Ralph there's Annie, mm-hmm. which we were saying previously this movie's a little bit like Psycho in Reverse, right? It's like uh instead of it being you think the you think in Psycho it's the mom the whole time, and then mm-hmm. it's revealed to be the son. Oh, right. And in this, you don't was necessarily that, think was it's that on purpose. They I are, think they are so. Them. I think Victor Miller, the screenwriter, is going. It's like uh, maybe Carrie that was like later. Psycho, yeah, in Halloween. Yeah, but like the and in this, I'm not necessarily thinking it's Jason when I'm watching it. No. But it is a the reveal of it. Oh, it's the mother. It is, but like this Annie character at the beginning seems to be like the Janet Lee yeah. because you meet her and they spend some time with her mm-hmm. where you feel like, oh, this is going to be the main character because we're following her. So when yeah. she's abruptly killed, it's more of a surprise. Yeah. I guess it's not the same because no, Janet is. Lee is famous. It's not like when people are sitting down, they're like, yeah. the actress oh who plays God. Andy. Is, she's incredible. <laughs> it's Jessica <I've>, Lange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's got to be the star because I know her from this movie. Um, so they also give some red herrings that we noticed that, you know, creepy Steve and also the, um, I forget what his character's name is, but it's Bing Crosby's son. Yes. Bill. Well, the character's name is Bill. I don't know. Crosby. The actor's name is Harry Crosby. And yes, he is the, he's Hollywood uh, royalty. He's the son of Bing. And some people were saying that that was their way of like how they brought, um, Jamie the Curtison is the daughter of oh. Janet Lee, uh, but I think there's something I read where they're like, "Oh, we weren't even really aware of that," or something. <laughs> I don't know. But they do when they kill the snake. He's holding the machete and kind of a, they give him a little bit of a menacing look, like maybe you're thinking they it's give him, him an extra beat on yeah. there where he's looking down at the snake, where you go, oh, yeah. maybe it's the son of Crosby. Son of Crosby, it's always. I wondered when I was watching. I was like, "How do you think?" Well, I don't know when when Bingo the uh, our, our nickname for him, sure. Bingo Crosby, right. when he died. Because yeah. was he around to see his son... Make it? Because <laughs> uh, there's a... I think it's a Barbara Walters interview with Bing Crosby where she says they find out he had a real conservative streak running through him. They were like, what if your your daughter got pregnant out of wedlock? Uh, well, this is a uh, an echo of what yeah, we were talking okay. about earlier. And he said... It'd be Aloha on the steel guitar. Like, meaning I'd say goodbye to her. She'd have to, she wouldn't be in my life anymore. What a horrible way to say that, too. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to feel that way, but to also just but to toss say it, it like off a, as a rat pack kind of guy. <laughs> uh, so, if he doesn't like his, do- the, his daughter getting pregnant out of wedlock, what do you think about his son in this? I'll tell you what he thinks he doesn't because he died in 1977. And that's <sighs> probably why Harry Crosby's finally like, I'm free to do. B-level gore flicks 
Like I've always wanted to. Dad held me back. And then his daughter just went out and had countless <laughs> babies out of wedlock. While playing his steel guitar <laughs> and wearing a, what are those flower necklaces? Oh, a lay. A lay. Yeah. Yeah. While and she was singing getting it to her dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the thing that I noticed was like a weird foreshadowing. It's not necessarily a red herring. It's more of like a, this could mean something, right? Is when Annie comes into the gas station she sits down kneels down by a dog and oh, goes yeah. like are you a hey boy oh i guess you're a girl or was it i i had that line in here and i'd forgotten what it meant and she goes hey girl and she goes excuse me boy but so quickly that you're seeing this dog from the back that you must that dog must have a huge <laughs> yeah she should have had like I wish they would have added like um, R- Roger Rabbit sort of anim- mask, <laughs> the mask sort of style, like her. It is like, uh, and then you see the dog like put on sunglasses, like that's right, baby. <laughs> uh, but I thought when she was like, "Oh, hi, girl, ooh, boy," and then she started licking her lips. Mm, what a boy! I got uh, everything uh, I need right here. I'm uh, was that? Do you think some? Was that just a little? seed planted to be like gender confusion you think the killer is a man the whole time but it's it's a it's a lady this movie is rife with thematic foreshadowing i'm i will go to my deathbed and actually say my last words on my deathbed will be it was intended the dog thing in Friday Thirteenth was a hint. I'll just say that. I think, and my love, family, right. loved ones will go. Thank you for <laughs> leaving us with We're, that note, that baffling note. You don't want to say anything to us. But I just shake my head no because I don't want to ruin the last words of it all. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to live in fear that like I would say something dumb and then get hit by a car and then everybody would remember my last words were like uh man th- smell that fart you know <laughs> and i started thinking would it be funny if before anybody did anything possibly dangerous they were like this the destiny of man is his own fate <laughs> so <it was> just <laughs> said like things that they wanted to but i don't know that was dumb <laughs> <laughs> We also meet, this is also where we meet all the other counselors, right? Yes, the kids. Driving in the truck, and we couldn't figure out if the music playing, because it is like straight up Smokey and the Bandit, Jerry Reed, banjo banjo picking road music. Are they playing that in the truck? Like they're listening to it, diegetic, right? Yes. Or is it movie score, and it is impossible to tell? They don't let you... F- no, it's not like they do the thing where then they park, and then they turn off the truck, and then the banjo music ends, and you go, oh, they were listening to the banjo music. It It's hard for me to believe... I do think it... If I had to guess, I think it is playing in the truck. Yeah, I think you're right, but they just didn't take any pains to make it sound like it was coming out of a radio. Yeah, or fit the three people inside that... They wouldn't be listening to that not type of music. All. They'd be listening to... Uh, um, probably the score to Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, that's right, Manfredini. <laughs> what well, what do you think that, those kids would be like? Steppenwolf or Blue something? Oyster Cult? Yeah, 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 yeah. But they did take pains to make the country music song in the diner sound like it's coming out of a record player. In fact, a horrible yeah. record player. But <laughs> I love that music. And then you pointed out that it's the same basic melody line as when 
Jason Frogboy comes out of the water at the very the end. end. Yeah, yeah, that soft music that plays. I had just found that out, That's and but and we should note before um, I told you that, Matt. I pushed up my glasses up my nose and went. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I heard this was the first time I had watched it since hearing that, and it is when in the diner it's the it's the same music, but the. Yeah, I. Oh, also, when they were in that truck, we saw that on the dashboard there was a paperback of The Godfather. Yeah, and it makes me just think like someone was actually reading that on set because it's too oddly <laughs> right to be yeah. there. What if somebody like Kevin Bacon was reading it? And they're like, why are you reading that? And he's like, oh, I'm auditioning for The Godfather. And I'm like, uh, it came out like six years ago, yeah. dude. Well, part three, they're going to do part three in about 10 years. And so I think by then I'll be about the age to play. I don't know if they had a character named Vincent, who's like a cousin. Well, he's actually the illegitimate son of Lucy Mancini, who Sonny screwed in the first meme. Anyway, I'm a big godfather head. So So I got to read this. Oh, oh, oh. You don't really look Italian. Shut Uh, up, man. (laughs) See? That's a temper, right? Oh. So somewhere there was some crew member with a godfather novel and like a fly casting board game yeah just in a closet like what do you got he's like i got this thing and this thing let's use it put it and if really eagle-eyed viewers will notice in every frame there's a godfather paperback (laughs) i bet you all that stuff just was at the camp probably this was shot yeah camp in new jersey called camp camp forget about it can't forget about it (laughs) camp gabada boo (laughs) camp gumar camp Noby Bosco. Huh. N O hyphen B E hyphen B O hyphen S C O. Is that like a they took the first two letters of a an expression like Northern Maybe Bennington North uh, Is Bennington in New Jersey? North I don't Bennington, know. I just said that. Bo Bova Scotia. Bova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Here are the significant dates for Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> It's founded in 1935. Mm. Jason drowns in 1957. Okay. So also... Oh, that's a straight 2222... Yeah. Right? That's right. So, 57, he's presumably born in like late 40s. Mm -hmm. So by the time we get to... What's the last Jason movie in before the (laughs) reboot? 2000, probably like 2005 or six. Oh, Jason X. Yeah, that is that what you mean? Like, yeah, early uh, 2000s? Yeah, that was like... Or I guess the last one before the reboot was Freddy vs. Jason. That was yeah. like, oh, f- three? Okay, so yeah. let's say, oh, three. So Jason is about 56 <laughs> in that. That's interesting. 1958 is when the two counselors are killed. That's why the, in Freddy vs. Jason, there is that scene where he's like, should I collect my pension now should i just work two more years That's and get right. more of a pension yeah. and you're like what is he talking about it's like oh, 401k for geez, slashers your retirement uh yeah what do you think that so in 1935 they're in the depression right are we in the depression yeah on the yeah I so, so i would imagine only rich kids could go mm-hmm. uh, and then i noticed annie in the truck she was saying that a lot this camp was for inner city kids Oh, I didn't catch that, yeah. really. Um, and then in the 50s, so maybe you could do sort of a ethnographic study of the history of yeah, was it like Crystal Lake. Harlem kids yeah, coming yeah. to 
Camp Crystal Lake? And then 1980 is when all of this happens. Yeah. So 22 and 22, basically. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. What if that's because... Um, uh, oh, because the movie's called Friday the 22nd. That's right. That's why I've they forgotten. do that. I've yeah. forgotten. Uh, the um, Yeah, and then once they get there, so it's like... Who who's in that car? There you got Kevin Bacon, and then you got the um, you got the the funny guy Ned, the comic relief Ned. Yeah, and then uh, Marcy, Marcy, and is Brenda in there too? I don't think Brenda's in She's there. She's already there. Yeah. Okay. Um, and ha- Harry Crosby's already there because he's is he the one wearing as you said the Godspell clothes when he's down painting <laughs> on the dock? Yeah, the shirtless but with suspenders and white combo. Pants. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I noticed something when the cop came, when he's driving off, you see Ned the jokester put his arm around uh, Marcy. Mm. And if you look closely, Kevin Bacon, I just noticed this for the first time, he puts his arm around her. And then later, Ned's watching the two of them make out. Mm-hmm. And so the three of them coming up together, I think we have like this little side love triangle and brother i've been in one of these where it's you and a buddy Uh you hang out with a girl Mm -hmm. you both like her Mm -hmm. and then i've done you know you do the thing of like i'm putting my arm around somebody and then yeah and then somebody else comes along puts an arm around and it doesn't matter anymore hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. And you're not wrong because I read on IMDb that he gave his character the motivation of liking that girl. Is that true? But she didn't like him. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Oof. You nailed it, man. Well, if you were going up against Bacon, that'd be... That's... that's uh, You don't want him as your rival. No, you don't. Especially the way he runs. When he's in his Arms speedos down <laughs> running on that deck, that is strange. And... Uh, I, a particular friend of Kevin Bacon's makes a little cameo in one scene we noticed. He had a little, oh, kind of a little boner. Bacon's bacon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they, they just, they're filming someone's head, but she's sitting, I think, right? And he's yeah, standing, it's on the, so. it's when they're on the deck. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, now you can... Just listen, Matt. You can hear a bunch of pervs right now running off. Oh, saying, yeah. Pause in the podcast. I got a pause. Yeah. So. Mm. Sick. I've forgotten how much of a mystery this movie is. That mm. Usually it's just a straight up slasher killer. There's nothing to know. Jason's out on the hunt. 
Yeah. They're really playing it up. Like, you don't know who this person is because there's a lot of POV shots in this movie. Yeah. And even when Steve Christie comes back to the camp, you don't see who the killer is, but the killer, you see the killer's point of view and he goes, oh, what are you doing here? So you're like, okay. It's like part of it feels like a first person shooter or something. It's (laughs) Yeah, it's Wolfenstein. or (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. Uh yeah, which is not necessarily uh, Halloween. Halloween no, doesn't no. have this sort of like Agatha Christie bent of who right. is the killer. Yeah, and uh, but Scream does. Right. Scream has a, a whodunit element, and I, yeah, it's interesting. And and I don't know if anybody, when you're watching it, with the exception of Bing Crosby's son, there's not a lot of like them trying to give you hints of who it could be. Yeah, but then even when they reveal Betsy Palmer as Pamela Voorhees, they don't immediately... Like, you're still supposed to feel like she's an ally, but I I was asking you, if I didn't know what the outcome of this movie is, would I right away go, oh, that's clearly her, because she's just showing up late in the movie or something? Right. I'm wondering what people... If they saw it coming. Yeah, when she pulls up in the car, did audiences go, okay... I'm experiencing the like slow reveal of who he, the tension is we know that this person is the killer or was it people going, Oh, relief. It's the person. Maybe you would think this is the person who's come to help and you think they're going to rescue, but then she gets killed and then it's makes it even worse now because you almost were rescued and you weren't or something. Uh, But it's interesting that they don't develop her character earlier, not as a red herring, but as a, a, any type of figure yeah, cause that, she comes in so late you must think why would she be there other than to be a killer it's well i had the question for the first time which was like do these counselors coming here people keep saying to them you're going to camp blood <laughs> and things like that do they know the history because uh ned the jokester he says at one point to them like with their cooking food and he has a real funny <laughs> this guy ha-ha, this guy a real, for the movie alone yeah. yeah he says something like yeah we're eating the uh, old counselors yeah and i was like so they do know they do okay yeah and i guess they're fine yeah when you mentioned halloween there too it just made me realize that there is so much handheld camera in this, and I bet that there was that was their way of doing the Halloween thing, but couldn't afford a steady cam. Yes, which is funny comparing it to The Shining, which yeah. has these like beautiful, yeah, steady cam shots. And this one, it's like, uh, <laughs> have you seen Blowout, that John Travolta oh, movie? Yeah, that starts off ago. with a, a like a a send up of slasher movies, and it has like the point of view cam, oh. and that was like 1981. So already, I think. Uh, that thing, the killer point of view thing, had become so right. had saturated everything that, like, you by a year later they were already making fun of it. But I'm sure it also helped because the budget on thing on this was five hundred fifty thousand dollars, and so, like we talked about when we watched this, there's so many of these scenes are either in just one lockdown master shot right. with an occasional coverage on one person, yeah, and they are they don't cut away much at all. They, no. I guess they shot this thing in 28 days. Oh, really? It actually seems yeah, like too a long, long shoot for <laughs> yeah. what they ended up with. Yeah. Maybe they were just goofing around a lot. I don't know. <laughs> just or, a lot of laughs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow, 28 days. Uh, um, do you think that's what the 28 days later that horror movie was I referencing? Guess it has Probably. To be, yeah. Most, most likely. I think so. I think it's all related. Um, and it's strangely 
amateurish in, in a way that's like, I can't put my finger on it. Everything's there. Technically, you can hear what they're saying. You can see what's going on. But just there's just like no... There's no sense of like cinema craft in it yeah. whatsoever. Like there's, it's, there's, I don't know. What, how do I d- articulate? Like Halloween does have. Oh, most definitely. Some yeah. filmmaking in yeah. it. This is just a film was made. Yeah. Like from the very beginning when the, the point of view face come, you know, comes up to kill the first couple, like she kills them. And then there's just a shot of somebody landing is like, so that's their side point of view. Uh-huh. It's just like, it's they, strange, they don't yeah. care. It's and just it's, like, whatever is going to work in this five second burst. And like, yeah, you can tell sometimes when they're like chasing after Annie through the forest or whatever, it was just like, Oh, it'd be very complicated to set up 12 different shots here showing somebody run. So we'll just have the person run behind her with a camera, which yeah. is effective too. Yeah. I mean, or yeah. just watch a guy drive away on a bicycle for about five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I mean, that luxurious editing. Uh, it's, I like it a lot. I could, I, I could imagine somebody in 2018 watching this and being like, "Do I like we really need to see the truck drive know, from <laughs> from the background to the foreground?" But I like it too. I love it. Yeah. And then yet, okay. So the music itself is pretty derivative of Hitchcock and yeah. Bernard, Bernard Herrmann, right? Right. But it's good. Oh, I it's really good. I wrote down music equals thirteen. On a as in a scale of one to thirteen, it's a thirteen. Yeah, it's like John Barry for James Bond. It, yeah, it's a, as big a part of this franchise as anything. And I think it really, it uh, I I'd go full letter grade. I think like it, it really. I have to imagine it helped that movie a lot. It did. Yeah, yeah. it's apparently only present when the killer's present. So like for mm. Halloween and stuff, they have a lot of music. This. This is just when to signify the killer is around or has killed or something like that. Oh, so interesting. So, like, if it was a uh, not, oh, it's sort of like um, like Jaws. There's yeah. times where yeah. the music doesn't play if it's not Jaws, or maybe they start playing uh, it when it isn't, so it fakes you out. But like, uh, yeah, the um, oh well, we should say we know this, but just in case our listeners don't, the Kick, kick the the classic was it kick, 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 ma, 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 yeah is the composer took Mrs. War he's saying kill her mommy and he went kill 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 ma 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 yeah. right apparently that's the thing I, I still think there's some controversy over that or yeah. something but I I yeah that seems to be the story because some people think it's ch 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 yeah well just uh, when we did the preview. Uh, and we started off with the the sound test. I think I went, kick, 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 and you went, cha, cha, cha. I got and it so right. From, no, no, no. I think you got it right. I think you're, but I was I, doing it, I was too faithful to the idea of kill, kill, kill. But we're going to cover everything here. We're going to get it right, but we're also going to cover the public perception of mm. everything. And that's why we did it. That's that why way. we did this. That's why. Yeah, that's why we did that. That's the government hired us to do this as a public service. Um, that's right they said you guys can either go and build houses in Honduras or you can- our government said you can go build houses in Honduras we said no 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 we're Americans first well then all we've got left is to cover all the Friday the 13th films America's greatest cultural contribution to the world and unpack what the sounds and the music mean guys please mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember reading that like 10 or so years ago, the, 
I was I thought that was so cool the kill mom kick kick mama mom thing and I went and I told my friend Chris and I was like and they do this and it means that and then he was like that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard fuck you Chris <laughs> are you kidding I mean, it's a little like okay like once you know that it doesn't it's worth that is sorry I'm with you that okay, is good, worth going up to test. your friend and saying guess what I just heard yeah that's I would want. I would consider, I would consider it a slight if I had a friend who learned that and then didn't pass it on. To me. Oh, you yeah, know what I mean? That's true. I would also. I thought you were going to say you'd take it as a slight if you told your friend that and he didn't immediately take you out to a steak dinner. That as too. Things. That as well. Yeah. yeah. And then. Well, now they know. So I hope the so yeah. audience knows. I'm waiting for some steak dinners. <laughs> uh, How would you feel about instead of a steak, a snake dinner? A dead oh, snake. Ooh, there's a snake. Which reminded me of... Um, uh, I'm not the biggest Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan, mm. but there's a part where somebody walks into a, a room and they look up in the corner and there's like a spider's nest and like spiders are crawling out of it. And I was like, I remember those old days at horror movies where it was just like, hey, you're just coming to see some gross stuff, yep. people. Yeah. <laughs> it was like bugs and yeah. snakes. You're right, <laughs> because that... That was something like regionally, maybe people didn't have snakes. And right, so, a big black yeah. uh, New England snake or whatever, New Jersey like. The New Jersey snakes. The yeah. New Jersey, uh, yeah. But they, they, you only saw them in National Geographic or something. And right. What was it? There was something else in this movie where they sh- they took some time to show something. Oh, it was a cop on the motorcycle. Yes, <laughs> like, that's right. like, you know, in some parts of the country, people can't see that. So you, that's why they'd go to the movies. Like a travel log. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like a bond. Ma, ma, uh, I went to the movies. I saw a man on a motorcycle and a snake. I don't like that exotic influence <laughs> in your young, fragile psyche. Now you get back here and clean up your cellar. <laughs> Mommy's going down to Honduras with her man friend to build some houses. Mommy's a great American. Also, but yeah, what'd you think of that snake scene? They kill it on camera, which they is really kill a it. bygone era of the boy. Yeah, God, make America great again. Yeah, wow. That's that's one of the main things on Trump's platform is to have movies bring back <laughs> on screen animal fatalities. I love it when you could crash a horse. Why am I Clinton? <laughs> I love it when you could crash a horse and nose first into the ground. Lawrence of Arabia or, I don't know, a bunch of cowboys and Indians movies that you would see in another movie when people are watching movies. Those were the days. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, you see a real knife go into a snake and it splits off. That is harrowing. It is, uh, I don't think even at the time I would have been happy with that. Because no, the, he I don't like that straight stuff. up chops it into three pieces. Yeah, yeah. And they seem to relish it. And it's Bing Crosby's son who does it. It was That was based on Tom Savini had that happen in his cabin while he was staying there. Oh, Apparently really? a lot of the people, um, allow me to pull my glasses, yes. up here, uh, stayed in hotel rooms, but Savini stayed at the camp. And that happened to him. I don't know if he chopped up the snake, but that's how he got the idea that wasn't in the script. That'd be awesome if he grabbed that snake and then put it like in a little like empty like glass bottle. Yeah, he had one of those like, coat hanger poles that they use to <laughs> wrangle snakes you put it in like a knapsack yeah and then waited and then the day came and he was like hey <laughs> that's my tom's sweetie impression hey hey tom 
I got a snake and a knapsack. We got a free day on the schedule. I mean, we've this thing is so far, we're finished in four days, and we've got 24 <laughs> days to just fuck around. Well, let's film a snake and kill it. Let's do it. Oh, gross. Um, yeah, I didn't... Um, I just don't like snakes either. Sorry. I don't either. I think they're bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, sometimes on the James Bonding podcast, we have a, what's called a Walther PPK. Oh, what's that? We take a break. I know. I'm just playing dumb okay. for, yeah. One of us has to pee, right? Uh-huh. I'm not going to say who it is, but one of us has to take a vor pees. <laughs> That's good. I'm chasing vor, chasing more peas. So I'm going to pause it right here. Sure. Go chase some more peas. And we'll be right back. Ah, much better. Ooh. I got to confess. <laughs> yeah? I, I, I was chasing for more peas, too. <laughs> let the record show. I could have oh, let you hang out there to dry, you could, so to speak. I appreciate that. Um, it's funny that we were talking about a snake. Yeah. And then Gorley's like, I got to go I drain one. Drain the snake. Uh, well, what? Um, oh, we also we want to make sure we're keeping a, a count, a body count, right? That's right. Yeah. So to this point, I guess we've. I have a list right here. If we say Annie died. We lost Barry and Claudette, the two fifty-eight mm. camp counselors. Annie throat slit with a knife. And then are we to the point of Ned's death, which is off screen? Yeah, let's talk about that. The uh, the off-screen kill, I think, will be something that uh, rears its head, its bloody head. Yeah, and I think that as the franchise goes on, you're only allowed one off-screen kill because it seems lazy and cheap. If you mm-hmm. don't, You're being um, given short shrift if you don't get to see everybody yeah. killed. But I understand one off-screen kill because you get a certain impact of finding yeah. out that character's death. Right. This movie has two off-screen kills. Yeah, when the second one happened, I went, huh. Mm-hmm. Because we getting... were like, yeah, did they forget to show us what yeah. happened to yeah. Brenda? Uh, um, and I think we should also keep track. I wonder how many of the off-screen kills are fellas. Because one thing that's a little, let's say, problematic mm-hmm. about these movies is it does seem to fetishize female deaths more than yeah. men's. Maybe huh. not. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so, like, a lot of times the off-screen one will go to the guy. Maybe maybe not with the Friday the 13th movies, but when I watch a horror movie and they do the off-screen death, I'm, I'm like, oh, a lot of times it's the it's the guy. Yeah, I think you're right. There's probably either a conscious or a subconscious thing of this predatory. Yeah. It's more fear, fearful to see a woman get killed or something. Or well, that's um, uh, time for the <laughs> academic quarter. My, uh, <laughs> my sister, uh, uh, Amy Rust, uh, she has a book out. Um, oh. she, she's a, uh, she writes about film. Um, and uh, she um, went to school at Berkeley and she... Uh, learned or was taught by this woman, Carol Clover, who wrote this book called Men, Women, and Chainsaws. Mm. And it's about, she was the person who coined the term uh, final girl. Really? Yeah. And her whole thing uh, with these movies, you know, she like, people were saying, oh, they're sexist or misogynistic because they, uh, boys go to see them to watch women get killed. And she's like, 
Yes, but it also goes a little deeper than that, which is like, isn't it interesting that in the last half hour, you have, if if that's true, if boys like to watch girls get killed on screen, isn't it interesting that by the end, they're identifying with the girl? Mm-hmm. And uh, how many movies do you actually have where a fella is identifying with a female on screen? Right. And so she was, you know, making the argument that they're fairly radical or, or progressive in some way but um it's almost like a davy and goliath kind of thing regardless of gender it's you're taking what would at least in the way these movies are presenting it the most innocent virgin virginal girl who would theoretically not be able to fight her way out of any situation physically conquers the beast or the giant right or whatever. yeah first i thought you meant that yeah, the Christian. Yeah, it's a boy and his dog. <laughs> so he killed his dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we get a gratuitous shot of Kevin Bacon's butt, assuming he didn't have a body double. Yeah. Getting squeezed by Marcy. It is a weird shot. Yeah, so you see his pecker. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Skivvies. I mean, I guess it's fair game because you see his... her breast, but yeah, her breast. Although he's cupping her breast later, yeah. there's a lot of strange cupping. So maybe yes. it's just. I think the movie was tat. originally called <laughs> "Tit for Tat." Uh, I think the movie was originally called "Strange Cuppings," <laughs> and uh, there is there are uh, in the in the showbiz world. You know, there's a lot of forms that are signed if anybody does nudity, what they'll agree to and stuff, and. The shot that is Kevin Bacon's, I think, is something like called the gluteal crease or something like that. And it's a fancy term oh for butt, butt crack. crack. Yeah. Because it is like you see the top of his butt and then a crack and then her like grab it. <laughs> the gluteal crease. crease? Are there it's any other names something. like that in there? Yeah. Uh, um, the <laughs> specter of <laughs> clemency. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Remembrance of side boob. <laughs> Bacon's death is one of the most classic in the franchise, probably, right? Yeah. Made so because he became popular, so he gets shown a lot, but right. it's a hell of a like piece of work for Tom Savini. I'd to... say it's uh it's my favorite kill of the of the first movie. Yeah, me too. We're yeah. we're gonna do top kills of yeah. each film and so that spoiler alert. <laughs> right out of the bag yeah. yeah i um this doesn't quite work with this movie but i i think sometimes in horror movies the first kill they make it the most graphic or scariest mm. because then you're on edge for the rest of the movie you think it could maybe get as intense as that and it doesn't a lot of times but it makes you go like oh this movie will go there mm-hmm. man yeah. and it is a bit of a the sleight of hand in the Kevin Bacon one is is pretty good because you just don't imagine somebody is going to be underneath the bed, especially when there's a body lying above him, right? Yeah, yeah. And the cameras above him, and and it's something. I was reading that so Tom Savini and the other guy he worked with, I forget, were under there. Well, Kevin Bacon's hours crouching down under that bed, sticking his head through. Right. It's and, sort of like a magic trick right yeah. like his he's underneath the bed and it's a fake body mm-hmm. and sort of his head coming out neck. of a fake neck yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and then they push that arrow through and they had a pump hooked up to make the blood just kind of bubble up through but it broke at that instant and the guy just 
I guess like thought on his feet or panicked or whatever and blew in with his <gasps> mouth and that's what made the blood shoot up like a geyser. They didn't oh, that little to splurt? do that. Yeah, but it oh looks so good. Yeah. Well, this is like uh first of all, um dumb. I'm about what I'm about to say is dumb, <laughs> not true and gross. But when <laughs> Kevin Bacon's having sex, they don't they sort of suggest maybe he's climaxing. Yeah, it's but very you're sort plausible of like, deniability. Her too, in a way. Yeah, you're like, is he really, is, is this happening? And uh, and then when he gets killed, the splurt of blood does seem yeah. climaxy. Yeah. And so I was like, is this supposed to be like some like deep in your gross head? I think your role <laughs> in this is going to be to find the cinematic themes, the... <laughs> The genitals of the dog. I will try to say something in each episode that makes somebody roll their eyes at how I'm overreaching. At least three times. Go like, this is a whole new world of film criticism. (laughs) And it is... It is just that these people are handling these American cinema treasures. That's right. I think. (laughs) We're doing the Lord's work. Then Marcy goes to the bathroom and does a Catherine Hepburn impression in the mirror. Right. And I noticed Ned earlier does a Humphrey Bogart impression. That's right. And um, apparently the girl on the deck when she says her favorite ice cream flavor is doing a Frankfurter impression from Rocky Horror Picture Show. What? Do you think that they were they were just doing these on set I think and so. they worked it in? Wow, they were crazy, man. Yeah. Flying by the seat of their pants. Must have been nice. Well, it reminds me a little bit like um when you watch when you were a kid and you'd watch an old Looney Tunes and like Bugs Bunny is the waiter at yeah. like uh like a fancy Hollywood restaurant. Uh-huh. And you're just watching and like, I don't know who any of these like I have some vague idea who yeah. Humphrey Bogart is, yeah. but they're like making references to like Clark Gable's big ears. Yeah, and jooty, jooty, jooty. Right. But it's the same thing with this in Friday the 13th. I can't think of any contemporary audience, or even any audience in 1980, for that matter, that was like, Bogart impression! <laughs> <laughs> I know. This is 80s. That would have been, you know, basically 40 years old. I'm trying to think what that would be. 1978. I guess it'd be like doing a Star Wars impression. Yeah, of. or doing like, uh, right, uh... But make, John Travolta and like Saturday Night Fever right. or something. But making a teeny mo- a teenage movie now and doing, yeah, a, an impression of Burt Reynolds would be, <laughs> well, you know, hell, I'm in. I'd love it. <laughs> when they make a new Friday Thirteenth movie, I hope one of the characters does a Burt Reynolds. But Catherine Hepburn was still alive, at least at that point. So yeah. at least she was impersonating somebody not That's true. long dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. But let's keep an eye on impressions. And like uh, in the series, and also kind of like, um, what's that called? Uh, intertext. What's the thing when you reference something else? Homage? Yeah. Or like, uh, yeah. Like when somebody else in the movie sort of references another movie or oh. something. Yeah, I guess it, I guess a reference. Yeah, I don't know. A reference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's do so that. So we got two. Do you Humphrey kn- Bogart. No, three. Three. Yeah. Do you, yeah, so not cinematic references like they might be making to it, Carrie or. Right. Halloween, it's like the characters actual, in it are actually. Do you know of more? Is that why you're saying? No, I don't. 
I mean, yeah, because there's also a lot of cinematic references, like we talked about with James Bond's coming up, and yes, but that's okay. Yeah, we'll we'll keep that in mind. <laughs> At the end of this, it'll be there were three. I know <laughs> the first one, you dope. What was Paul thinking? <laughs> You're gonna get it all here. Uh, the um, other thing I I noticed this is like um, you know the uh, shining um, uh. I just want to point out how much I love my wife, Matt. I texted her during the pee-pee break, the, the more peas break. And I said, hey, it's running a little late. I'm not going to get home until this hour. She texts back, it's totally fine. Have fun. Oh, it's will nice. you tell her I said thank you? <laughs> That's sweet. It's nice. It's very nice. That's yeah. Sweet. I mean, she we, loves these Friday the 13th movies, so she was she? like, Godspeed. Oh, we yeah. do got to have a wife episode where we bring yeah. on. I yeah. feel like that's one of my favorite podcasting traditions Me is, too. is the, the spouse episode. Yeah. And I put Amanda through a lot of those. <laughs> well, I love them. They're great. And I feel like you. It's nice. It completes a picture of the person you've been listening to for a while. You go, oh, that's their 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 other half. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but what I, what I was going to say was uh, this coming out in the same time as The Shining. You know, The Shining has all this like Native American sort of mm-hmm. symbiology or whatever right. it is. Like, uh, I noticed there was a lot of uh, Native American stuff in this too. Yeah, the camp theme. Yeah, like there was totem poles all over, uh-huh. and there's that part where Ned comes out and he's like dressed like an Indian. Right. And then like all the cabins are called like Comanche. Seneca. Yeah. And the, uh, the lake that was next to Crystal Lake is called Tomahawk That's Lake. That's right. 25 miles as opposed to two miles for Crystal Lake. Just think if they had just, if Jason had drowned at Tomahawk Lake, that's where all the horror movies would be now. <sighs> Do you think Tomahawk Lake is actually like, you know, yin and yang? It's like... <laughs> The best, yeah. it's the safest campground of the world. <laughs> so peaceful and <laughs> blissful. It's like Camp Mohawk in Meatballs, like the beautifully expensive rich kid. Oh camp. my gosh! If there was a shared universe of Friday Thirteenth and Meatballs, there should be. Yeah, they cross over into Freddy movies, right? There's he no didn't reason. even go to a camp. I know. It makes sense. Yeah, he's in Illinois. Bill Murray is Jason. Now that would make sense because I've talked about this before. Steve Agee and I have a huge history with meatballs. We watched it many times. Oh, uh-huh. And there was one time where I watched it and went, wait a minute. Tripper is an asshole. Like he's always on. Mm. He's hanging out with people 10 years younger than him because he probably has ostracized all his friends. <laughs> he's, he's insufferable. He's a straight up date rapist. And he can only like feel big at a camp surrounded by younger people. That's really funny. He's awful. Yeah. (laughs) So he is basically Jason. Yeah, and basically Bill Murray. Like I went on to see like all Bill Murray's movies, Peter Venkman and Ghostbusters. He's uh, basically a horrible person, (laughs) especially by today's standards. But even then, yeah, you kind of right. Certainly, that first his character introduction is Ghostbusters. Is I am uh, electrocuting another man to impress this girl. Uh Uh, And And he's his characters are ones that are entertaining in movies, but in real life, they'd be insufferable. They would be. And we would all be like the guy in Ghostbusters, the like civic guy that wants to shut them down. Yeah. He, he would actually be the right person to be, you know? (laughs) Yes. We'd all want to be going like, May I please see the ghost? Yes. It's like, we'd all be crazy Ralph in this movie. (laughs) 
I mean, I'd hope so. I'd hope I'd be crazy, Ralph. I want to be crazy, Ralph. Yeah. If you could be, if you had to be one of the counselors, not Alice because she survives, mm-hmm. who would you want to be? Because of what happens to them or just like essence of... Essence. I think I'm a... I think I might be a Brenda. Mm. I don't know. What do you think? I was going to go with Brenda. Really? Oh, yeah. man. Or a couple of Brendas. What is it? She likes to play games. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, she's she got a cool. laid back vibe. She She's the one who suggests strip monopoly. Yeah. She's the one who goes, hey, see if that person has any grass. Yeah. She just she, seems fun. She washes her toothbrush three or four times. Do you notice that when she's brushing her teeth? Oh, really? So that part I don't really. <laughs> she I'm has not a touch like of a germ the, uh, freak. Yeah, yeah. She looks like Sarah Paulson. Mm-hmm. I think Sarah Paulson's very attractive. Mm-hmm. I think Brenda's very attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Annie and Marcy, they're all pretty girls. I mean, yeah. like, there is something with these movies a little bit that's, um, uh, like, beauty is either a thing that will get you through mm-hmm. a tight a jam or will be your, like, downfall. Yeah. Like, if you're too beautiful, mm-hmm. but also if, like, Hey, you're not beautiful enough. You gotta get it. You're gonna get yeah. killed too. There's like <laughs> sexy, cute, and neither. Right. And only cute survives. Really. Like, only the cute pretty. survives. It's only <laughs> strange cupping. <laughs> I like that we're both Brendas, though. I know. Me too. Yeah. So when you watch this movie and you see Brenda, imagine our both our heads morphed <laughs> onto that body, just like wobbling. Can we carry this through to the next episodes too? Who would you most? Oh, definitely. Be? Yeah. yeah. Let's okay. remember that. Yeah. 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 All right. Um Oh, but what do you think was going on in the Zeitgeist in the late seventies, early eighties in these horror movies, this Native American m- motif? Yeah, that's Were we in a period of reflection? I would love to post think bicentennial that, America. I would love to think that that kind of depth went into it. And I know you see that in these films where I cannot, but I think it was because they were shooting at a camp that already had these things <laughs> there. That would be my guess, but most likely yeah uh i like how crazy ralph uh pops up in that pantry that's crazy now that is crazy ralph i'll give you that like that's <laughs> why you're called crazy because if you've come there to warn them you could just knock on the door you don't have to be waiting in their pantry but crazy it, ralph i think that's more the filmmakers doing that to you than you are that's right yeah yeah what if though in that pantry he was like had a hot dog and he was like putting mayonnaise on it it's like crazier ralph and he's like, I'm thirsty. And he took like a jar of sand and dragged it. Like, oh my gosh, craziest Ralph. What are you doing in my room? Oh, Ralph, that's the pantry. Uh-oh. Well, I got to get home. My wife's probably worried sick. <laughs> Anyone seen my bike? And what I mean is, have you really watched it? Have you really seen this baby go? Now, here, come on out on the porch and take a seat on this bench. Watch it exit frame. I'm going to get smaller in your field of vision. Do you understand that? To the point where I will disappear into those trees some 300 yards away. I'm going to go at a snail's pace and I'm going to zig and zag so as to prolong the journey. And I want you to enjoy the entire event. I'm Crazy Ralph and I'll see you next movie. Now, mind you, I ain't shrinking. <laughs> I'm just going farther away. Does that make sense? 
Do you know what foreshortening is? Sit down. Let me before I go. Let me explain that now. Like if you were doing Professor Ralph. That's right. In the um, restoration theater days, when they first engineered set designs to have foreshortened force perspective to look like the set goes farther back in the background. You ever seen those Wiley Coyote cartoons? And he draws a tunnel into the side of a rock. It's very much the same thing. I'll see you tomorrow for another lesson. Hope you survive. Crazy Ralph. Oh, man, I love Ralph. Yeah, thank God we're going to get at least one more dose of him. Now, we did um, skip the, um, the well, we didn't skip. We just, in our excitement, breezed by um, before Kevin Bacon and uh, Marcy, Marcy do the nasty. Uh, she has a uh, an odd retelling or a retelling of an odd That's dream. Right. That's right. Yeah. And, big. and as I was watching it, I thought to myself, this sounds like the audition sides that mm-hmm. the actor, or the the scene that the actor auditioned with, and then you found... That that was, that was the, the case. case. Yeah. In fact, not only her, I think all, they gave that scene for all the girls to audition for, regardless of what part they were considering. Because that's the other thing. There is... No difference in these roles. No. The men have some difference because there's the one guy who's the funny guy. Right. Kevin Bacon is like cool. Uh, Bing Crosby's son is sort of like the dependable. Yeah, but is that really just... That's not even really in the script. That's no. more just like Kevin Bacon looks cool. Yeah. They were just yeah, kind of right. cast on the, And Marcy and Brenda... It's funny that we both distinctly chose Brenda and there's not that big a difference. Although, did you remember, though? The, she's kind of dressed sexily the whole movie. And then in her death scene, she gets in this, like, Edwardian Victorian death dress. <laughs> yeah, Brenda gets very uh, um, chaste yeah. when it, when it, at nighttime. Maybe that says something about us, though, too. Right. Well, you know, I guess there's been plenty of times where I'll go out in short shorts and a tank top, but then when I come home I at did. night, I put on a big long nightgown with a nightcap and I hold a candlestick. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> and I, I sleep on a bed with my name carved in the headboard above my head. Yeah. <laughs> I go out usually in a Speedo, but I come home and get in a terry cloth onesie from a head to toe. And that's, I guess that's why Brenda appeals to me. Um, yeah, I like, um, well, Brenda, uh, oh, right. So the, she, I guess, also auditioned with this scene. Brenda? Yeah. yeah oops, she must have. Yeah. Right? Um, but this is outside of Friday the 13th. I just want people to know, um, there are a lot of times if you're, if you're a working actor, if you're watching a scene in a movie, you can kind of tell mm. what's the scene that they audition with, either because it's the most lines, but also I think partly they're the best acted because yeah. the person like like took the time to memorize it for the audition, yeah. and then once they got the part, they're like, yeah. It's going to be a scene that's going to show some emotion or show, right. like, or a difficult thing yeah. to do. Too, and that yeah. dream was was ooh. Ooh, her retelling of it terrifying. Frankly, it was straight out of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Y- yes. What do we, the raindrops turned to blood yeah, and then, then they, into they, little rivers? And, but they also were like falling like, what did she say? Pebbles or something like yes, that? Yes, that they started making loud sounds like it's pebbles. It's oddly poetic for this movie. Yeah. What do you think it, it was sort of like about 
the storm that's a coming, yeah. right? Yeah. There is some cinematic foreshadowing in this thing. Yeah. It's a uh, Yeah. I, well, I counted three shadowings. Yeah. You saw a fourth? Rocky of jokes. Paul Russ, the fourth shadowing. Um, no f- character development for the final girl again. Like we don't find out anything that they kind of alluded to in the beginning. There's a hint that she had a f- affair with the guy. She did, but still weird. Right. Seems like you're going to find out more. You never do. And they never get really reunited. Right. right? No. Cause Steve is at that diner and then he leaves mm-hmm. the diner. And I think the diner, I noticed, uh, it said Blairstown on the menu, and I think that was maybe where they shot the actual movie. Oh, okay. I don't know if those were real menus. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I mean, save a dollar. All you menu heads out there, let us know. Were those real menus? I've got... I want to do Film Fact Corner, mm. where I tell you some things about the production of this movie. Yes, please. Okay. Jason was not originally called Jason in the script. Mm. Do you know what he was called? Yes. You do? Josh? That's right. <laughs> That's right. And they thought it sounded too sweet. It's true. Yeah, Josh. Josh How many boys. Joshes have you met that are like, you're like, oh, he's just a yeah. sweet, amiable guy. Yeah, but every Jason. But you meet a Jason and they're fucking assholes. Killer. <laughs> in the, I believe the French version of this film, he was called Jackie. Oh, and they, when the franchise went on, they changed it back to Jason. Oh, so it wasn't Jackie lives Friday Thirteenth Part Six. <laughs> Jackie goes to hell. <laughs> Josh goes to hell. That would be yeah. That's, <laughs> that's why you really couldn't. funny. Josh lives. Freddy Josh ver- lives. Freddie versus Josh. <laughs> Sally Field apparently tried out for Alice, but does that? That's I don't, not. That, that can't, can't be. be. This is why. IMDb because this is 1980. She had already done right. Smokey and the Bandit, Norma Ray. There's no way she went from her Oscar nominated turn to Norma Ray. I, was I like, can't believe I even you know what I feel like doing a, a B, B grade uh, horror movie. I am embarrassed of myself to say that. Well, don't you shouldn't be embarrassed. The person who put that uh, fake uh, piece of information on the internet should be embarrassed. Well, now this one is in the. IMDb. What if it was Sally Field who put it? On she there? did. She's like, I want some cred. <laughs> Maybe she tried out for, I don't know. This oh. one's in there a few times mm-hmm. where Gene Siskel hated this movie so much that he spoiled the ending and gave it zero thumbs up or whatever. <laughs> and a, a basically pinky. like really called Betsy Palmer out for it should be ashamed of herself. Oh, and he uh, put her address Apparently. in the review, right? So people could send her letters to shame her or something. Those, um, there's something... Uh, if you look at any Roger Ebert review of an Angelina Jolie movie, it always has a minimum of three stars, and it's clear this tubby nerd yeah. just th- has has a thing for Angelina Jolie. Yeah. And then he gave a bad review to like Blue Velvet because he was like Isabella Rossellini that he made her look terrible. Oh, and I geez. think these guys have some. I'm gonna say it. Cisco and Ebert have some weird attitudes. Like I think they think it's coming from progressive place mm-hmm. like this is wrong you guys take the artist side or the audience's side it's not your yeah 
job to be the moral judge of these movies people love, That's right? That's right. That's right. I'm yeah, sorry. Right. No. I'm sorry. These two men who are long dead and have many fans. <laughs> who am I arguing for? Apparently, Lou Reed owned property near this camp, and they went over to his house and got to hear him play one night. Is that, that's awesome. Now, take that with a grain of salt. This is for my MDB trivia. Take a I'm, walk on the Jason side. <laughs> They're like, what? He's like, I read the script. <laughs> and the final girls go, dude, dude, That's really good, Matt. Thank you. That's really good. And apparently the character of Ned was originally going to be crippled with polio. Huh. <laughs> well, in part two, there's the guy in the wheelchair, so they eventually got, they were like... So, part two or part three? Part two. That's part two? Yeah. The guy who gets it in, and then he and then goes down, down the, the stairs? Yeah. Oh, I've got this all mixed up in my head. Um, well, some weirdo at Friday 13th, Inc. really wanted to see somebody Yeah, no kidding. physically impaired. And especially when murdered. we talk about Jason the Frog Boy. I mean, there's no yeah. real reason he has to be deformed. He's no. already a drown victim, but yes. they made him grotesque. What do you think that is? Why do you, like, and I heard that I think... Uh, 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 what's who plays Mrs. Voorhees? Uh, Betsy Palmer. Yeah, when she saw the Jason thing at first, she was like, "Why does he look like that?" I didn't know he. So I think, and Tom Savini was like, "Oh, we thought it'd be in, like, I don't know if it was in the script." I think Tom Savini was like, "This will give us one extra." I think so. They, but what do you think that adds? Like, I uh, think it's just pity a, for her. Or? No, I think it's purely a grotesque scare that they're ah. going for, but. It makes him more, like, monstrous or... Yeah, and even as a kid, I remember thinking, like, was he always deformed, or did he drown for a while and came back to life, and that's, like, his... Soggy... Soggy, bloated, drowned corpse. Yeah. Yeah, his... I don't know. It does feel like, um, as they say, a hat on a hat. Yes. You don't really need Jason to be deformed in order to have this movie work. and nor do you need the psychiatric ward scene after well that's like its biggest homage to psycho is the long boring scene at the end that like explains and the stare kind of toward camera yeah that's interesting i didn't catch that well maybe you do that's what's awesome about carrie the hand comes out it cuts to amy irving like waking up in bed and screaming and then within like 10 seconds it's to credits you don't have this sort of like i forgot that too he jumps out pulls her out of the the boat the canoe and then there's like four more minutes of movie yeah. before it ends. And I didn't realize that's just as much a nod to Deliverance as Carrie, because there's a scene in Deliverance. Oh, really? Like that, I've yeah. never seen Deliverance. I've only seen the second half. Really? Countless well, how did times. that? Happen? It just kept coming on TV and I'd watch it, but I've So you've still... seen Iverance? I've seen Iverance. I've never seen <laughs> Dell. I've never seen the, um, speaking of deformed boys, like I've never seen the banjo scene or anything. Yeah. yeah. This has banjo music though. Maybe yeah. banjo maybe that's why they were playing it. Like it, banjo maybe. music means you're going into the into the yeah, the sticks, uh, the dangerous yeah, sticks. The dangerous it could sticks. Be. Yeah. yeah. The river of sticks. Right. Yeah. The lake of sticks. Crystal lake of sticks. Uh with uh, oh was uh, do you have any other fact corner? I'm done with fact corner. Cuz uh, with Brenda there is a genuinely creepy part when she hears somebody calling, help me. 
Yeah, and I thought like they hired a kid to do that, even though I know it's probably supposed to be Mrs. Voorhees. But then when she starts talking like Jason, yeah. it's clear that she it's can her. do a little kid voice, and it is eerie. But isn't it so weird that like if her whole... When we were watching this, thought occurred to me. If her whole thing is, I'm punishing counselors for not being attentive to my child, the way she lures Brenda out is by pretending to be a kid who's saying help me right so by the very fact that yeah the fact that brenda's getting up and going out into the rain Mm. in her pajamas to try to figure out how to help a kid she should have gone you passed the test that's right she's a mess of contradictions otherwise she seems pretty sane with that sole exception yes (laughs) i agree with her on every level uh but yeah the there was a part there that gives me the genuine creeps when the, when I hear the help me, I'm like, ooh, that's scary. Imagine yeah. a woman outside doing a kid's voice. And there was a part two where, uh, not part two, mm-hmm. but when Ned, he, before he gets killed, he looks and he sees a body kind of briefly go into a doorway. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, ooh, yeah. that's scary. It looks manly. Yeah. 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 And threatening. Yeah. Um, are you, you're saying I look manly and threatening? You do. You look manly and threatening. And I'm, I'm making a plea to the listeners right now to go back in time and help me. If I... <laughs> If I'm dead after this, do you know why? <laughs> there were clues These movies sprinkled throughout. do cause violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Brenda gets killed by, at the, by the target where we first Yeah, but we don't know her. how because then she just shows up wrapped in some ropes. Yeah, how bloody. did Brenda die? They, they say that there was a cut scene with her getting an arrow. Oh, really? That's a rumor, but then I read that, no, that was never actually filmed. Huh. I really love the movie Sleepaway Camp. I've never seen it. That's good. That's I a kn- good. I know the, the, well, the what happens. Yeah. yeah, but there's somebody who dies in front of a target, an arrow, and it's a really good um, effect. Uh-huh. You don't know how they, you don't know how they do it when you watch it. You're like, whoa! But so maybe they couldn't do it, and then the guy who made Sleepaway Camp was like, I'm gonna deliver gonna on this that. target practice yeah. kill. I eat Tom Savini for breakfast. <laughs> literally (laughs) like a snake um so by this point a big portion of the group is dead right yeah that's right we've lost um barry claudette annie well of this group we've lost ned jack marcy brenda and then steve christie walks up and is killed by Someone he thinks is a friend, but it's actually Betsy Palmer. And that's a little clue. Yeah. He recognizes her. Like Mm -hmm. you said, that's... Does she still live at the camp or does she live off campus? Yeah, because she, they find out, we find out later she was a cook who worked at the campgrounds and Jason was killed. So yeah, did she, was she like a townie? Was she always a townie and then would go in out to the camp to work? Yeah, did people know her? Right, or did she stick around? Because he definitely... Yeah, what's going through Steve's head when he sees the old cook from the 50s? (laughs) (laughs) What's going through Steve's head anyway? Yeah, uh, that red bandana, Steve. What was going through your head in the closet that morning? Hey, 19-year-old Annie, I'm just going to brush your hair with my hand, not smiling at all, and I do (laughs) want you to refer to me by my uh, surname, Mr. Christie, please. Okay? How do you like my mustache? (laughs) And these curls. Oh, boy. Uh, The, um... Because by this point, it's just Alice 
and Bill. Yeah, then we find out Bill is another reveal, right? We don't see him killed either. That's three. <gasps> You're right. That is three off-camera kills. And flying in the face of what I was saying, it's two guys. Or no, flying out of the face of what I was saying, it is two guys. Yeah, and only one girl. His but his throat is slit, and he's pinned to the door with arrows. And that's very. That feels Halloween. Yeah, very yeah. Halloween. Uh, I did think when Alice and Bill are walking around, the two of them. Yeah. I don't know if you're supposed to think maybe a romance is forming or, or there. I should yeah. hope that he's going to take her away from the clutches of Mr. Christie. I hope so. Yeah. The real uh, villain of this But I, when, when I saw Alice and Bill together, I was like, oh, the, they have the same character names as uh, Nicole Kidman and uh, Tom Cruise and Eyes Wide Shut. Another Kubrick <laughs> foreshadowing <laughs> reference. Well, I heard originally oh. these characters in Friday the 13th were supposed to be played by Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. I did too, yeah. They were each, I think, they were... 10 and 13, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think it would have been great. No, they're probably older. <laughs> what would you do, though, when I was watching them, I did think, at this point, because they, they, they go and they find a bloody hatchet on the pillow. Yeah. And I think what's fun, sometimes watching these horror movies, is going, oh, what would I, how would I get out right. of this gym jam? Yeah. What would you do, Gourley? Well... I think at that point, I would assume it was a joke because mm. it's real life. Mm-hmm. And I would do what they did. I'd go look around and then I'd start to worry a little bit and then I'd probably disappear and get killed off camera. <laughs> but they do know something's wrong and his his solution is, I'll go look, you go to sleep, Alice. <laughs> yeah. And we were joking like, oh, great. How the the hell is she gonna sleep and they cut to her and she is asleep <laughs> she was so scared a moment ago mm-hmm. and then she was like you know what i i actually do need my rem cycle right now so i'm gonna lay my head down <laughs> i mean my next who knows my next night could be spent sleeping in a canoe so i should really catch up on all the z's i can well this one i think moves a little um i think in the other like some of the sequels they have a day night day yeah. night like structure or whatever. Right. And this one, I was like, whoa. It's all one the sun, night, right? Yeah, as soon yeah. as the sun goes down. And maybe it was just they had to honor the Friday the 13th stipulation. Maybe that's what it is, yeah. It's all... But I like that the, in that scene when the cop picks up Steve, he goes, Friday the 13th on a full moon. <laughs> <laughs> this hasn't happened in eight months. <laughs> I wish the full title though had been Friday the Thirteenth on a full moon, yeah. <laughs> and a black cat is there too. Uh, <laughs> That's the full. She does have a ladder early on too. Do they break right. a mirror? Did we ever? <gasps> the titles break a mirror. <gasps> oh, that oh is God. probably it. Maybe. Matt, I bet that's it. Oh, maybe. It's bad luck. They're breaking through a mirror. Oh God, we're all because cursed. what is cinema but a mirror <laughs> to life? <laughs> oh. That's pretty good. We're fine. I'll buy treasures. that. Matt. I like that. So let's get to the death of Mrs. Voorhees. Yes. Not because it's the ending of the movie, but because also we're two hours in. So we're longer than the actual movie. Yes, by a quarter. Okay. Yeah. Hey, um, who's ever complained more ice cream? Exactly. More orgasms? I- more hot air balloon rides, that's what... Nobody says that. Yeah, more food stamps, that's essentially what this is. <laughs> so yeah, uh, there's a pretty long 
stretch. Yeah, where they're just kind of chasing each other and having little dialogue battles. Yeah, basically. but we they really want us to notice how she like uh, like how Bill fills the generator mm-hmm. and how Alice makes herself a cup of tea. Yeah, and right. it it borders on suspense versus just are they just trying to bore you right so when the body comes through the window you're surprised yeah bore spence <laughs> mumble bore it is how did you feel it, it's the only part every any movie i feel like there's always a part that drags even mm-hmm. your favorite movie that's it as a part where you get a little antsy that's when i started yeah. reading imdb trivia but i yeah. remember being conscious of that tea making scene thinking i'll read this for a sec because they're going to stall for a bit but then something's going to happen at the mm-hmm. end of the scene and they just cut away from it oh. <laughs> nothing it was for nothing it wasn't even like i didn't even have a jump scare or a false scare do you think in the theaters during that time everybody pulled out their encyclopedia britannica <laughs> collection and just started like flipping through it farmer's like, almanac yeah you know there really was a full moon eight months ago <laughs> hey do you think they shot it on that day? <laughs> I think so. They had to. Um, oh, we said when Alice does fall asleep, though, that um, maybe oh, the, yeah. the the rest of the movie, there's a fan theory that we just made up. Right. That the movie, the rest of the movie, and you said maybe the rest of the franchise right. is Alice's dream. Well, here's what I will say. The rest of the movie is her dream. But when she ends up in the psychiatric hospital... Mm-hmm. That's still in her dream, but when she's sedated there, that's when she dreams the rest of the franchise. So it's a franchise within the dream of a movie. Gotcha. Now put that in an article on the internet and yep. send it around. <laughs> Smoke it. Yeah. God yeah. damn it. Um, oh, I thought when Alice was walking around, when she went into the pantry a second time, it'd be funny if uh, Ralph's wife was in there. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen him. Where is he? He likes to paddle around here. He's Little probably man. drinking your sand. <laughs> uh, so then Alice tries different ways to keep the mom out. She ties a rope to a door, <laughs> half tilted trunk of shit against the door. Yeah, she closes some curtains. <laughs> Doesn't work or... You think a killer, you think at that point, a killer was just barreling towards the window, and then he saw the curtains close, and he was like, Rrr, yeah, and just stopped? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Like, what if there's something behind those curtains, like a brick wall? You know who wouldn't stop at those curtains? Privacy hater Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> he would have knocked the window out, pulled those curtains back, and said, right. tell me uh, what you bought your mom for Christmas so we can generate your... Here's an ad for tea. <laughs> How did you know that? It's weird. I didn't even say tea. It's gotten to this point now that even when you make it, the smell sets off ad generators. Here's a Strathmore Sketchpad ad. What? How did you know? How did you know? Uh, why do you think Jason's mom, and this is a big reveal, she pulls up. Why, after she's killed all these people, does she take the time to reveal herself to Alice, to the last person? 100% for the audience. Okay. Yeah. Why also does she take... Did she slit Annie's neck? She slit Annie's Mm -hmm. neck in the woods. Yes. But got her back in the Jeep. 
Like, does she care about disguising the bodies? Because Annie finds her in the Jeep. Wait, or I mean, Annie, Alice Annie is find, found in the Jeep. Yeah. That's right. So it doesn't seem like she's all that concerned about, like, because those counselors were found dead before. Yeah. And I guess she was exonerated that even though if two campers died the year after you were murdered, you maybe go like, maybe that's something to do with mm-hmm. the last death. Maybe. 10 months But then ago. maybe she monologued to Alice, but also those off-screen deaths, she tried it out on them too. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's got it all rehearsed. Just like, like some old actor that always wants to tell you their anecdote showbiz yeah, anecdote yeah. or something he's like, ah! my son it yeah. turns out he's like that's not really what happened so the off-screen desk where she started her spiel and then it's like airplane where somebody kills himself because they don't want to hear the yes. story yes. <laughs> so bill like grabbed some arrows and like jammed them into himself like on in a door it's like i can't hear this story again <laughs> their fight on the beach is pretty funny because it feels pretty full contact as acting goes yes you know, like feels like betsy palmer isn't really pulling punches which apparently she wasn't she was really slapping. oh really and they kind of told her like this is the movies it's not theater like you can you don't need to come close we're shooting it at an angle oh, i prefer like, to yeah you're not paying me enough this she, is where i get paid she apparently did this movie because she needed a new car oh and she hadn't worked since like the 50s and Shelley Winters maybe auditioned for this role? I don't know. I'm hmm. out of facts, but that's... Well, it's a summer camp, not a winter's camp. Uh, that yeah, doesn't even make sense. Thank you. It should have been Suzanne Summers or, or no one. <laughs> or Mark Summers. Yes. <laughs> if the next Friday 13th movie, Jason isn't played by Suzanne Summer or Mark Summer, yeah. I will start a riot in the Absolutely. theater. I'm there with you. Um, yeah, that, that whole thing of... Um, uh, it felt very like it wasn't in like Dynasty. They had would have cat fights mm-hmm. or like uh in the original Glow days. Yeah, was there just something in the seventies and eighties people like seeing women I fight think, each other? Yeah, I think it was a way where like porn wasn't a like daily available thing, and that was probably some titillating thing <laughs> that was like as close to lesbian porn as you could get or something. See like. an older woman like take this younger woman and push her head into. Sp- uh, sand yeah what are you watching honey i don't know but it's uh it's legit like you can't blame me i i mean there's nothing <laughs> on paper that is wrong with this it's like that um but give me tv privacy. show silk stockings yes <laughs> dad watches it because he likes the mystery aspect <laughs> not the titillating softcore aspect um and uh You know, when when Alice is being attacked by her, I at this point when I was a kid, I would always think, I think I could reason with th- this person. Yeah, like if Jason like came and tried to kill me, I would go like, <laughs> I'm a like I thought if he was real in real life and he tried to kill me, I would go, Jason, I'm a kid like you, like Tommy. Yeah, you'd Tommy him. I Tommy him. Yeah, I think I would too. It's the last thing a kid has in their arsenal against yeah, Jason I is to, ident- to to plead to his child side. Is that sympathy or empathy? I always get those two mixed up. I think it's sympathy. Sympathy, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sympathy for the the devil. Devil. Yeah. yeah. For the Voorhees. And then she chops off Pamela Voorhees' yes. head in 
post-production slow motion, I believe. Right, that's sort of weird, kind of. So I think they saw it and went like, this doesn't have enough impact. But that music, when it comes, it was like... And they use it, that's... I think that's recycled quite a bit for the rest of the franchise is the yeah. final kill slow-mo I love, trumpets blaring. Yeah, then, then Betsy Palmer's look when Alice is coming at her with the machete and it's just... Well, when, it's funny you say machete because I think the first few times I watched it because they were just doing like ore play. You thought it was an ore? I always thought like, that's a really sharp ore <laughs> <laughs> to take her head off. Yeah, where did that machete come from? Did she? Did Voorhees have it? I guess. Does she come down to the beach having? No, you don't see her arrive at the beach. No, because she sneaks up on Alice. Yeah. So apparently, the moment before she snuck up on her, she set the machete down. Or was she holding it when? When she snuck up on her, I don't know. No, because then she would just like stab her in the back, right? Hmm. Huh. 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 But from that point forward, I was always like, I, I, when I, I was scared to pick up an oar sometimes. I'd be like, is it sharp? I was a real idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did like to imagine that. The, the same way with glasses from Godfather 3. <laughs> I always imagined, uh, or uh, I was thinking, uh, wouldn't it be funny if on the poster for Friday the 13th, you know, when they like try to like sell it hard, like uh, murder, mayhem, yeah. if it was like murder, mayhem. Or fights. <laughs> the only movie you'll see with a climax filled with or deaths. You'll you'll have to believe it to see it. But she takes her head off and she has little veins. Yeah. Little veins in the Lots neck. Of detail there. Little mm-hmm. post production slow mo. And uh, Tom Savini's hand comes pops up. Yeah, that is hilarious. Some furry knuckles. Yeah, just foreground man hands in a powder blue cable knit sweater. <laughs> While a torso falls down behind it. I mean, any other movie, it would have looked a lot worse. They, yeah, like, they managed to... Yeah. I mean, I think that could be a lesson with... I feel like uh, you cast... for If you're going to make a slasher movie for cheap, you cast some good actors, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They're all talented. I don't yeah. think there's a bad yeah, performance room Especially really as these movies go. I mean, Betsy Palmer gets a little hamadocious. Yeah, she sure does. She's doing that 50s style. Yeah. Really, what are you going to do? Oh. But um, if you got that, you got a good score. If the gore effects are good. Mm-hmm. And just a... I feel like this movie does have atmosphere. Like yeah. I look at the that verdant New Jersey uh-huh. forest. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think that's the makings of a good horror movie which maybe means we should rate this thing Ooh, do you remember your rating from last time i don't exactly so So this is good because then people can really know yeah if if, how how fair we're playing um zero to 13 hmm. i got mine okay i got mine okay and and my part of my criteria is going to be judging it on things like what it was, when it was made, mm. what had, like, none of a lot of this stuff had been yet. Right. Um, what it's trying to do. Mm. But how much it was made for, it too? Yes. Okay. Right, right, right. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. I'm going to go 12. Out of 13. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm a 10. Wow. Okay. okay. I want to find my paper that said... <laughs> Mine's... In my 
other pocket. I don't mean in the other pocket of the pants I'm wearing. I mean another pocket in pants that are... Ooh, what if there was a Dr. Casino Royale? Is that, that's probably talked about all the time in <laughs> oh, that's the Bond movie. fan world. It's been done. Oh, I see it. Voorhees is written on the back there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I gave it, on here I gave it an 11. Okay. I'll make a master list, so we'll find Good. out what your number Please, is next yeah. Time. Okay. Matt, Paul... So this time you gave it a ten. You gave it a twelve. I gave it, and I gave 12. it a ten. Yeah. Originally, I thought I'd give it an eleven. Yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, I think uh, you know the reason they could do what ten, eleven more sequels out of these was because the first one was so good. Mm-hmm. I think. Simple. I think it's the same as this, as as what we did just now. Was this episode was so good, Matt? Yeah, it's going to build. It a world. makes sense that we would do more of these. We weren't sure we were going to. <laughs> we had to. We didn't plan it. We just knew we wanted to do one. And then <laughs> I think both of us are looking at each other right now, going, "There's going to be a, a part two. We knew by the weekend when the first one came out uh-huh. that we were going to be doing a second it's one. A hit. The, had, if, yeah. if not us, the studio was going to do it. Oh, so yeah. we had to do right. it. Right? They're going to take it from us. We were on vacation in Hawaii because we wanted to, you know, we were afraid what the box office returns were going to be on this podcast. And right. when we heard the news. We were walking down the beach and we saw Spielberg and Lucas yes, walking right. toward us. Yeah. They were taking their Hawaii vacation. Yeah. yeah. And they're planning Raiders of the Lost Ark for the yeah. next year. And Do you think they came up with the snake scene because they saw Friday the 13th and they were like, this is scary, but if there was maybe like I'm all 10 certain. more of these? Uh-huh. Certainly. And they said, you can kill snakes on screen. Let's do it. Well, sorry, sir. This is a major studio production. You have to have a representative of the Humane Society. Anyway, uh, we did it. Yeah. Number one down. I can't wait for number two. Oh, boy. And that's next week. Oh, boy. Well done. Well done. And uh, until next summer for Crystal Camp Crystal Lake, I assume these take place summer by summer. I think the next one takes five years later. Five takes years place later. Five years later. Oh, we'll find out. So yeah. Oh, that's right, because then it does get into the future technically. Right, right, and uh, so just imagine in part two, everybody's stoked about voting for Mondale. <laughs> <laughs> There's some Mondale bumper stickers all over the place. There you have it, Ferraro Mondale. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Well, we'll see. You I'll next see you time. then. Yeah. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling 
all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.